everybody and welcome to episode 563 of Conversation Street for the 13th to the 17th of February. She's Gemma. He's Michael. Yes, you got it. And we're going to be talking about um, episodes 10,876 to 10,881 of Coronation Street today. Is that the first time we've ever done it that way around? What do you mean? Me going your name and you going my name. I'm sure we've done it in all sorts of ways over the last Well, we've done ten and a half enough years. of them, haven't we? We have, we have. Um, so, this is, our, this is our second podcast of the week. I'm going to say less exciting podcast of the week because we did have a jolly good time in Manchester at the start of the week, didn't we? Well, this one doesn't still, have still a dedicated video. It. It didn't, no, no dedicated video at all to this one. No, oh... If you haven't, if you haven't listened to our bonus podcast yet this week, please do because it's lovely and we had a very nice time. Don't want to brag or anything, but we went behind the scenes at Coronation Street again. Yeah, you might it want to awesome. um, watch the the YouTube video because it, you know, it's got footage of our trip. You can imagine you're there. It was good. Um, no, I, I had a really, really lovely time. It was just kind of. Um, yeah, we, we went up there, if you, if you haven't listened to it or, or whatever yet, we went up there on Saturday, stayed there till Wednesday, we did um, did a little bit of chilling, didn't we, and a little bit of podcasty thing. So we saw the precinct, we saw a few of the inside sets, met up with a few people, met up with Ian Kershaw, writer, very yeah, cool. Yeah, we did, yeah. It was just overall, it was a really, really lovely time, and it was so nice being able to switch off, because like, I was into half-term on, um, you know, on Friday, and literally, I didn't, I didn't have to think about work stuff for like five days. It was lovely. I have been quite quite busy since then. I was like at school all day yesterday and today, but um, it's been it's been fine, um, and I'm very very grateful we were able to have such a lovely experience. I thank you very much for sharing it with me. And thank you to Alice Sinclair for allowing us to go yes. behind the scenes at the precinct. Thank you very much, Alice Sinclair. And thank you to everybody that helped us be able to make this trip last minute because, it like, at one point we weren't going to be able to go. It was it was very very was last minute elements of this trip. Some for sure. help from a little friend of ours, wasn't it? <laughs> so um, it, was cool. and it won't be the last time we go as well this spring. I, won't be the I last time we ever go. No, we're thinking of going again. Would you Quite like soon. to win a year's? Um, supply <laughs> of Patreon. supply of chocolate. No, a Patreon um, for yes, our top tier. For our, our Rovers return tier of Patreon. Yes. Well then, you would like to, you should enter our competition. Yes. Um, and Tell it, me how. You you have to answer the question correctly and you'll be entered into our prize draw what to win. What question? The question is... <laughs> This would have gone a lot more smoothly if you just shut okay, up. Okay, okay. This is yeah, go on. This is the second week we'll of reminding. We've got three weeks left. Be no, quiet. No, dead. Be quiet. I mean, in 1991, closed. Steve and Andy, Corey's original podcasters, set up a pirate radio station. What was the name of the show? They the set show up on the pirate radio station. Not the name of the station. Not the, show the name of the station. That was making fun of their teacher Ken. The we, title made fun of their teacher Ken. What Tell was us it? what the name of the show was. Email us. Conversation Street at gmail.com, header, Patreon competition, you got till the 9th of March. You do, yes. We, we've got a, we've got a good selection of um, answers already emailed into us this week. I have to say, not everybody has put the name of the programme in. Somebody put in the name of the radio station. And if you realise that's you and you want to just write in again and tell us that was the name of the programme, not the station. You still can, you've still got three weeks. And then we'll, we'll be drawing a winner and you get a chance to win lovely ten... Ten, um, no, you don't. You, you win a year's worth of, of Patreon. You get a piece yes. of merch. You get bonus episodes. You get t- 12 new ones. And you also get all the old ones that we've done. And you get a postcard written by me. And you also get show notes. 
and we get to smuggle you in our rucksack next time we go behind the scenes at Coronation Not Street. true. Not, that is not but true. But you will no. also get heads up for bonus episodes and you can put your feedback in, etc. and so on. It's fantastic. It's brilliant. I Definitely recommend. enter. Thank you everybody who has Thank you to our mysterious uh, benefactor I want, I want you to have again. more competition. Um, Would you like to do a quiz, Michael? Uh, is there anything else to do? Nope. Then yes, I would. Get your pen and paper. I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready. 13th to the 17th of February, in years ending in 3 and 8, and the sources from coronationstreet.fandom.com. Yeah. 13th of February, 2013. Sylvia breaks down and, admit, and admits to Roy she has a problem, but what is it? Oh. So this is after Sinjin's died, isn't it? This is when she had a fancy boy. Oh, what, Milton, was That's it? That's it. Um... I don't really know. What was it? I, I don't know. What I mean, there's only was. a few problems. That she doesn't actually love Milton. Characters experience gambling. Gam- oh, gambling problem. She did have a gambling problem, didn't she? That made a fun episode. Okay, Here's next. a question. Yeah. In oh, which I decade? Scored myself a point for that. I'll just turn that into a zero. In which decade were no episodes of Coronation Street shown on TV on Valentine's Day? <laughs> oh, I don't know. 60s. No, wrong. Oh, 70s. No, wrong. Really? 80s. Seriously? No 1980s Valentine's Day Coronation Street? None at all. Shocking Not even stuff. ending in a three and an eight. Wow. I know, I thought you'd be excited by that. 14th of February, 1968. Why does Ken tell Val he hasn't bought her a Valentine's Day card? Because <laughs> there's no episode on this yet. 68. Um, so there was. I don't, I don't know. Unacceptable response. Um, what sort of thing would Ken say? Um, it's a frivolous commercialist holiday commercialism mm, thing. No, it's primitive. Primitive. Oh dear. Okay. Yeah. So Zero was, out of three so far. If I was called Val and it was Valentine's Day, I would insist upon a present, yeah, actually, a, 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 a card point. that had Valentine's written on the front. <laughs> what does he buy her? As a gift. <laughs> so he didn't get her a card, but he did get her a I gift. I think she complains, and then he's like, here you go, then, shut up. Oh, God, a set of encyclopedias. No, it's a piece of modern art that she hates. And I wonder if it's that funny little cubist... <laughs> I don't know, I can't remember when that, that they have. on the wall. Uh, 14th oh of God. February, 2003. Janice tells Les to expect something life-changing in the post. <laughs> what news does she give... Him. What is it? Uh, divorce. Yeah. Oh, good. She started divorce proceedings. Okay, that was one, po- one that point changed out of five, you, didn't then. it? Okay. 14th of February, 2018. Liz discovers a Corrie child has made a low-key return. Who is it? 19... 19- a Corrie child has made a low-key uh, return. Yeah. Somebody comes back. Um, and they don't go, look at me, everybody. They're like, oh, God, don't tell anyone I'm here. I, I don't. Um, who could have come back five well, where's, years ago? Where does Liz work? Liz works at... Where did Liz work back then? Medical centre? Oh, is it Dr Ali? I gave you too many clues. No, you didn't give me enough clues. That's not even a child. Ali Neeson. Uh, actually, ago. it is Michelle's child. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I know, he's, he's a grown, he was all grown up. I wouldn't in practice medicine on me if he was uh, under 18. Michael, everyone's someone's child. Don't give me a look like that. 15th Next. of February, 1998. What does Roy Cropper find that spider says means the red wreck can't be built on? 
Um, a bit of pottery or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a bit of Roman pottery yeah, from a bathhouse. Oh, that's good. I rallied Final question. Oh, okay. 17th of February, 1993, the birthday of which current resident? The birthday. Alia. Yes. Yes. They bloody I'm gave all, it away. I was paying attention in today's episode. Thank you very much. There we go. Four out of five, four or eight. Fifty percent. I'll take that. Not not bad. Would you like to know what the birthdays were? I would. Eighteenth of February, Tom Wisdom, who played Tom Ferguson. Nineteenth of February, Jack Howarth, who played Albert Tatlock. Mark Anwar, who played Sharif Nazir. Gareth mm. Pierce is Todd Grimshaw II. Twentieth of February, George Waring played Arnold Swain. 22nd of February. <laughs> For some reason, I thought you were going to say Arnold Schwarzenegger then. Yeah, do you remember? <laughs> remember that episode? Do you remember they were like, oh, we want to show Terminate on the television. I'll have we, a pint, please, love. We, we don't have the rights for it, so we're going to have to get somebody to play the part of the, of the robot man. 22nd of February. Writer Paul Abbott and Damon Rochefort and Ben Thompson, who's Ryan Connor II. 23rd of February, director Stephen Butcher. And 24th of February, Craig Gazy played Graham Proctor. Love him. Who we love. Happy birthday yes. to all those lovely people. Is that it? That's it. I've got nothing else to say and That's I'll be it. silent for the rest of the time. For, for the whole of the rest of the yep. podcast? Well, I think I might need your help on this one, Gemma, because um, I ain't got a whole lot to say about this week's Coronation Street. There's a warning for you, everybody. Let's find out what we can get out of it, though, in Street Talk. <laughs> Okay, so street talk then. Um, yeah, I didn't think it was a great week. I didn't. I didn't think it was that good. Did, yeah. Let's do talking about it first. I know how to talk about it right now. See, I was do- don't sigh at me. I can do things in whatever order I want. If we're saying our names in a different order at the beginning of the podcast today, I can say what I thought about it at the beginning. I just thought it was okay. I mean, we've been doing our street talk shorts this week. I've been giving it mostly bog standards. Today went down into a bobbins, but I think. I think I need to, like, um, raise the bar for getting a, a bobbins. Yeah. Because otherwise I think I'm not really going to give many bobbinses out because this week it just, it didn't particularly inspire me too much. I was just kind of watching it going, okay, this is happening. There's bits of stories here that I'm not interested in. There's bits here that are clearly filler and not that interesting filler. And the Stevens story still, I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with myself because, like, I, I don't know whether I actually like it or I don't know whether I don't like it or I don't know whether it's a case of I'm staying interested in it because I really want to like it but there's something not quite right about it that's just not grabbing me. I don't know. Um, I, I enjoyed that we had a bit more of the Max story today but I guess that's more leading into next week possibly. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to get anything out of you though, am I yet? Opinion-wise. No, I want to talk about what happened. Well, we got five stories this week. We got we got the Carla storyline, which uh, this week I'm calling LS Deceit. Because yep. of Stephen being all deceptive and And LSD and being in it. Um, Max Sentence, 10 months, is going to come next. I'm bumping that up to second this time. Um, we've also got the uh, uh, Sean... Well, no, I called it... See, my, my brain's just not been in the right place this week. I've written just Sean Paul here, like the rapper... But it wasn't really much what? to do with Sean either, really. It was about Paul can... and Billy. Yep. Um, but Next. it's that storyline anyway. Um, has he gone then? Is what we're going to call the storyline about Zidane. Why did they bring possibly him back? left the show now. I'm not really say, sure. Right, I guess we leave it six months to find out whether he's actually coming back again. Um, and then the, the flat pack storyline, which is what yeah. I'm calling Brian in the flat. 
Brian yeah. Packham, that is. Not impressed with those storyline titles? Well, I don't care. Gemma, I'm going to hand over to you to tell me what's been going on down under World Way this week. So, last week we left everybody with the bombshell that Carla says that she owns all of the designs for Sarah and Michael's new fledgling company that, Correct. Um, that Stephen's helping them with. We don't know what the company's called. That hasn't been named yet on the so, show. That so that was a good idea. They didn't waste a brilliant name on, <laughs> on this company. And Adam's trying to say, look, I think Carla's right here. It's probably correct that you guys don't have a leg to stand on. Why don't you um, use this as an opportunity to just go off on your own for once and for all, to cut all the ties and do something different? But Sarah's just very frustrated because she's only ever had one idea. And it wasn't even her <laughs> idea, it was Michael's. And the idea was put words on T-shirts. Which, you know, she Put could words have... words on big t-shirts and small t-shirts. And she could have thought of that, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, Carla finds Sarah in the cafe and she wants to make up with her. And she's like, look, let's let bygones be go- bygones, let's just move on. And Sarah's like, no, I'd rather eat a cold bowl of sick. <laughs> and uh, Roy's is, is fairly budget, but I don't think <laughs> they do serve that. No, gazpacho's sick. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Here's a question. Is it vegan, right? Say if you eat a bunch of vegan food and then you throw up is it automatically not vegan anymore it isn't is it because it's animal products I don't need to trouble myself with such things well think about it everybody write write your answers in (laughs) Um, Peter gets talking to Abby and Kevin about this trade up thing because he's got this deadline for tonight to have turned his onion bhaji was it an onion bhaji into a motorbike and Abby's like I know somebody's got a motorbike so there you go. That's handy, uh, isn't it? Sarah, uh, just I just see Steve Vips, Peter. I don't think didn't get the mess the memo that this story should have really been long running I'm and really going annoyed. on for a whole as year. Like, He's like, hold oh, six. Why would you agree to do it in six as weeks? Peter it's so got other things to do for the rest of the year or something. Well, apparently, yeah. I mean, literally, he's got it, his own set now. He can't be doing with this. It it was clearly impossible, and all it meant was that for. Him to just, you know, speed up the ending of it. There had to be a, a series of unlikely events yeah. that caused him to be able to have this motorbike by the end of the week. Just Honestly, it... feel like it was a missed opportunity. To they, did, they, they didn't even fun. have very much of it in the last no. six weeks, did they? They showed a little bit around the turn of the new year. And then it was like, oh, remember this storyline? Well, it's over now. It's literally, nothing could be easier than have something like this running for a whole year. It would have actually been really funny to have had it going on just a little bit in the background. We didn't even see how he got how he got from his the cheese grater to a to tablet, iPad. did no, it? They couldn't really bother to show that. But, right. oh, well, they needed Peter to have a motorbike for what happened in tonight's episode. So, um... He ah, could, shame, honestly, shame to, be, to be fair, this is a spoiler... Paul gets hit by a motorbike on his, while he's on the motorbike, but it's stationary. So really, Peter could have been showing Paul his iPad. And they yeah. could have just been running for doing that, couldn't they? Yeah. He right. could have said, look at, look at the filter you can do on this app. It so makes you... Can make you have dog ears. So when you go missing, nobody you knows that, what you look you, like. Paul? you could, No, Paul, Paul's got the unicorn filter all the way, I tell Probably. you. What, when he opens his mouth and rainbows comes out. <laughs> yeah. Right, Sarah and Michael are together and she's like, draw some more ideas so we can go do another business. And he's like, no, I, I can't. I've run out of ideas now. I can't that was my best shot, honestly. Colours. I've done my cl- applause app. I've done my word on T-shirts. I thought of doing it on hoodies, but it's too similar. I've gone back to work for Underworld. I can't afford to be out of work. Got to be paying bloody 
Gemma face. He, he is working day. on the design team as well now at Underworld. He's, well, um, where's he going to sit now? I know, they, they've obviously got to just have to change the, the sales office to having a little design corner as well. Well, he's mad. Oh, oh, one thing I did I did enjoy about this week's Coronation Street, watching it, is understanding where everything was in the factory. It really did help going to visit, didn't you think? Yes, it really <laughs> helps get your head When, when we were taking around there on Monday, it's like, oh, it all suddenly makes sense to me, where so there's a little bit where you sit and there's the office. I, I could not get my head around it before, but today I just... Well, all week I was just watching with that little sense of smugness about, I know where they are. Yep, well, I know where they are too. Um, Sarah's all petulant about it, but he's got a mouth to feed. He's got to pay his mum and, da- mum and dad rent. <laughs> Carla asks Stephen where they are with this Rufus deal. And she says, you need to get him on, on our side because if you can't, then I'm going to reassess your value to the business. And if you do get him on side, then you'll get fifteen percent commission and a permanent contract. Ooh. Why doesn't Why doesn't Stephen just tell Colour to shove her job up her ass? <laughs> he, he really wants this factory, doesn't he? This, I can't. I... It seems like he thinks this is his only opportunity to make anything out of his life. Well, he has been having a bit of a rough six months, hasn't he? And going from you know to, to no job to pizza delivery boy to uh, don't know what. So. Uh, but yeah, is his motivation just that she's been a bit mean to him over the last it, few I weeks? I don't, I don't, this just sticks in my craw so badly that this whole thing, I know I keep coming back to this, this whole thing revolves around him checking her spreadsheet at Christmas and going, you've done it all wrong. And her going, gosh, I can't live without you. And then going, great, I'll, I'll work with you. And then as soon as she, she, he steps foot inside the factory, she's like, who the hell do you think you are? <laughs> I know, I don't blame him for... Well, I mean, he's probably gone a little bit far he's this gone week. A bit what far. with the tea spiking and everything, I'd say. But um, don't mess around with someone's tea. She has been really awful to him. She's no wonder he's got everybody. his back up. So um, yeah, I guess does he just wants to be? Does he? Does he? What's more important to him to be like a factory boss or to, you know, get one over on Arcy Carla? We don't have a clear motive for Stephen at the moment, unfortunately. He's he's treading water because. Before he was trying to pay back, yeah, his wife, yeah, and now he's he's paid her back. Um, I can't remember why he's hanging around in Weatherfield. Is why he doesn't just he waiting just leave? for the body to bob up in the canal again? On, do you not think like we need we need him to? He just seems like he's just there because he's been told not to go, not to be there, and he's just been a stubborn ass. Yeah, tell you what, one reason why he's not leaving is because of this whole romance thing, which has gone absolutely nowhere recently. Is he supposed to be fancying Jenny or Elaine at the moment? I think it's maybe there you Jenny, go. Another, but neither another... of those have made an appearance recently, have they? He's just doing things, um, and it's not even in reaction to anything he's done before, is it? At the moment. I think that having somebody like Jenny around this week could have helped elevate it a bit. Not just because Jenny Bradley makes any week better, but because of him having somebody to confide in and talk in. Not that he's going to say, so Jenny, I'm I'm trying to join Carlo. This is what I want out of life now. Yeah. I want somebody to say, what are you here for, Stephen? Because he doesn't like his family very much. No. Uh, They're all all going down a pan because of Max. Anyway... So, Stephen goes to see Rufus at the hotel lobby and he's not interested in talking to him. He doesn't want his... I keep saying, I keep thinking words with numbers. 
it's not it's t- t-shirts with words on mm. and um so he's like oh, i'm gonna go and get rat faced in my hotel room <laughs> and he signs a big uh he gets a big order of beers and he goes off and Stephen sees his room number on a bill then we see abby visiting peter in kiz and carla's new flat set lovely which also we saw visited on monday nice. before anyone else saw it on screen so how about that pretty cool yeah don't don't line up for autographs we'll be giving them out with patreon <laughs> <laughs> um yeah she visits in and says look i found a motorbike somebody at the garage turned up half an hour ago wanted to sell one and it's like have you not been watching my part of the show i'm doing trades i'm not buying it i don't want to cheat i've got a I've got to trade it for an iPad. And I was like... Surely someone's got to want to do that. I was like, this is this storyline is... Okay, all right. Well, I, I, I guess I've been in dumber ones myself. So I'll let you get on with it. Here's the number. And she leaves. Stephen goes up to Rufus's room in the hotel. He's got his booze. He Rufus is feeling a bit chill now, isn't he? Because he's, he's drugged up and, and boozing. Let's him in. And uh, Stephen gives him a pitch. A sales pitch, and he's like, <laughs> not a football pitch, <laughs> not a, a trouser pitch. What's, what's a trouser pitch? You can work it out for yourself. I oh, I see. Um, so Stephen's like, brilliant. I've got this contract here. You just have to sign it. And he's like, no, let's go do some drugs. <laughs> we, 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 we're not giving. We're not doing um doing our very best Rufus accents here because what does he sound like? Oh my gosh, I don't want to have some business with I'll you. I want to go and have some drugs up my nose in the back room. Do you want a nice bit of Charlie up your snozzle? Who said that the person playing me is Welsh? I'm definitely not Welsh. That's a I'm dirty rumour. I am. So he goes, he goes into the other room and um, Stephen... Stephen's there just fondling drugs in his uh, Rufus's briefcase. And then Rufus comes out of the, t- the bathroom going, Oh my God, I think I'm having a heart attack. <coughs> well, he's been there sniffing drugs very noisily in the back room, hasn't he? I mean, like, honestly, it's like, he's just going... <laughs> And, He's going yeah. the cat, Michael. Sorry, cat. Sorry, I'm alright. Yeah, and then he comes out doing the, the most unconvincing Coronation Street heart attack since Mike Scott in the hospital car park. I had so, flashbacks. So, next we see Peter with this, trying to buy this bike off this dodgy bloke outside of the... Called Ben with two N's. Straight hot on the heel of Phil with two L's. We had Ben with two N's. I don't know what's next. Peter with two R's. Peter. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> He's an old Navy friend. Right, so Peter's like, look, I know... <laughs> Peter, we are Jews. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's tickled me. Silly. <laughs> Gotta find some sort of entertainment in this week's episode. Gotta make great jokes, haven't we? Right, we have fun. Okay, so... <laughs> Peter's, the, Peter's that saying Mary quality that one. Peter's telling Ben, look, I don't know if you've watched Curry before, but I'm trying to trade an onion party for a motorbike. <laughs> it all makes sense if you watch the show, honestly, mate. It's really, it's actually a really good story. Have you ever heard of the paperclip guy? And the guy's like, look, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not taking. I'm not taking an iPad, I'm not an Ibaji. or And he's like, no, it's all right. I'm on a tablet now. I've, I've got this broken tablet. It's probably worth about... Ooh, four pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to take it round to Bargalanza and they told me to get a bent. <laughs> right, so the police are, are, sni- are hanging around. <laughs> are we going to be able to get through this? Oh, my God. All right, so the police are sniffing around the end of the... <laughs> Sorry, I'm on a funny mood now. I know you I'm are. 
So the police pull up and Jess gets out and Ben, Ben, <laughs> Ben panics. <laughs> he takes the tablet and he, and he runs away, basically. Jess walks up and says, this this is stolen. Officer Jess. Officer Jess. Craig Tell you what, friend. the actress who plays Officer like Jess, her. she must be counting her blessings because she's been on the show for like five or six years now. She's or the, can she? I, he, she's been on it longer than Zidane. <laughs> Yeah, she's probably got a higher more, episode More count, consistently than Zidane has been on it. So, um, yeah, so she says, this is motorbike's actually been nicked, so you've got to come down the station with me. Back to the hotel. Rufus is um, comatose in a stretcher. <laughs> Stephen's trying to grab his little limp hands again to sign the contract. <laughs> and the paramedics are saying, it's not the time now. We can't be doing business. It could die at any minute. Can you please? <laughs> I felt bad for Rufus there. The paramedic was very blunt. Like Rufus was yeah, very much. Rufus he was like, very conscious at this okay? point. Going, like, no, being told he could drop dead at any He's second. Got to get you immediately to the hospital. He can't sign He's anything. Talking about bedside manner, honestly. So they say to Stephen, "Can you call Rufus's wife? We're taking to the hospital. We we'll meet there." Um, Stephen roots around in Rufus's briefcase trying to find a signature he can forge, but he has a go at it. He's no good at it. Then a woman knocks on the door and it's a, a cool girl called Candice and she <laughs> thinks he's Rufus and she's like, let's get this show on the road, shall we? And Stephen says, no, <clears throat> I'm actually a, a bit a, a legit businessman and I do not do naughty shenanigans with ladies do you um, think this was, that I have um, to pay for. Do you think this was ex-Coronation Street... Um, character Candice well I saw somebody say times. that it should, could could it be Candice I think she's probably a little bit young for Candy, for it to be Candice Stowe but well I don't know did she look like she was a budding weather girl to you a weather girl she wanted to be a weather girl didn't she Candice she, did, she went off to be a, no, she went off to be a, a thingy with a quote yeah she did yeah there's all kinds of different dreams she had. Anyway, it's not her. It's not her. So she's one of getting, mates, probably. She's getting annoyed and going, you've got to pay me, I need 100 quid. I'm going to tell my boss of you, I'm going to wake him up. And Stephen's like, don't Why worry, did you I've got an idea. Because I'm going to go Sarah back now, oh, if you don't mind. Yeah, go on. So, Jess, meanwhile, is is talking to Peter about this story about about the moment. <laughs> and he's going, no, listen, I had an Bargy, then I had a... What did I have then? Then I had a pen. A pen. Then I had a, <laughs> I had a cheese grater. I tried then... to swap that for a sieve. No good. Yeah. Then I swapped it for a, a few other things that was too boring for the TV show. Then I've got this crack screen iPad. That and should now be the I've latest Coronation Street online spin-off, shouldn't it? Swapping. Yeah, it's, it's, it's trades. Yeah, it's swapping Peter stuff. Peter is trades. Yeah. So she's like, okay. Um, all right. She says this bloke's been nicking stuff. I don't know. Sarah yeah. and Adam are in the lawyer's well, office. A- Abby's come. Abby went up and didn't they? Abby and oh Kevin yeah, Abby's said, like, yeah, oh yeah, I think it's, it's nicked. I like the way she was like, hey, he Peter, I've got this great motorbike <clears throat> for you. And then when he finally gets it, she's like, yeah, it was, it was stolen. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Peter and Adam in the lawyer's office. She's like, I can't believe Carla wants me to apologize to her. I'm no way. I'm never going to grovel. And Adam says, oh, you know, if you do go back to work for her, then maybe we can have a baby. Which is the most, the weirdest pre-Valentine's Day way to ask for a shag of a <laughs> in my life. I don't know what happened to Valentine's Day and Coronation Street this week. Or the, uh, not, uh, yeah, far be it from me to complain about Coronation Street's three-day week structure. I'm sure I never usually do that. But they did say on Monday's episode, it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. On Wednesday's episode, it was supposedly the next day. It wasn't Valentine's Day. What was going on there then? Hmm? 
Um, mm. At the police station, Jess is like, "Here you go, Peter. Have your have your um, have your tablet back." There's, and then there's this weird lady. There's a lady, and she was like, made the most of her part I've ever seen. Somebody's <laughs> only been one episode of Coronation Street, and maybe ever will before. only ever be again. She was great. She just gave it hundred percent, didn't she? Just sitting she down totally there, going intensely staring Mm. at him like what are they talking about over there she's intensely looking and uh and watching and hearing him talk about this fascinating stars of tomorrow today motorbike trade and then we'll find out in a minute that i can't wait we'll find out in a minute i'll tell you then oh you have to wait you'll have to wait (laughs) right rufus is in hospital and he is still trying to get him to sign his contract and rufus like no Still, sorry, Stephen's trying, still trying to get Rufus to sign the contract. Rufus is like, no, I don't want to. You're dodgy. And um, Stephen says, you better sign this, or I'm going to tell your your wife about the drugs and the, the lady. And then he gets this message that Candice has kindly recorded saying, oh, Rufus, you dirty dog. <laughs> she turned into the caramel bunny. Yeah. Cadbury's caramel bunny. Oh, you, you dirty, dirty dog. Dirty that dog, was Rufus. so good. Oh, you are. See you next time. We <laughs> Ooh, love her. I love you. Um, so he's like, oh dear, says Rufus, what shall I do now? <sighs> Michael and Sarah are in the cafe and she's talking about the dilemma of not wanting to have a baby with with Adam now because she's got so many ambitions and Michael says, you've got to talk to, I don't know what you're telling me about this, you've got to talk to, to, to Adam. Then we go back to the police station where Peter is being confronted by the wife of the motorbike's original owner who is a cheating bastard and so she's like you have this motorbike I it'll teach him a lesson um and it would also be a funny end to the story which everyone can't wait would it it for the end of it and he says great thanks very much so that was literally the end of Peter's trading sequence yep. then. It made so much sense at the beginning. And it just felt it like just at the felt end it's like, like somebody Oh, this isn't gonna work, is it? We've got a deadline here, but choice, we do want him to have a motorbike. They at didn't the need end, to have so. a deadline. If I had a choice between a year of summer, um, falling over and having diabetes and we did uh, squirting that. stuff. Listen, if I had a choice yeah. or Peter trading things I'd rather have Peter training things. We know that they can, once they get their teeth into a story, they can just never let go of it. But for some reason, this one, they were like, no, it's, we, we're chicken out and out here. This is too much of an issue storyline for us to tackle. We don't think Coronation Street's the right platform for this trading storyline. I don't, I don't know whether you actually overlords. could trade an onion bargee for a motorbike. You could. I bet you could. Do you reckon? Somebody but start a blog. They just literally didn't try. What? Of course oh, you could. Bit, uh, uh, you could not get... i tell you what you couldn't get. You couldn't get a tablet for a motorbike. You couldn't get a cheese grater and turn it into an iPad. Well, no. no. There's some, there some missing, some missing there, links there. But it was just so silly. Like they, no, they it thought, wasn't. It was a great idea, but they didn't give it the time that it was No, I'm saying it was a stupid... It was, a stu- why did, it was right. very... Do- why did okay. the woman even give him the motorbike in the end? to Just to get one over on her husband? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. She didn't look like she was exactly dripping in bling. Surely she could have maybe sold her husband's motorbike. (laughs) Like, she just wanted to get rid of it so badly. Yeah. In fact, she, tell you what, I bet she woke up regretting it the next morning. I think somebody's been sticking LSD in her tea, to be honest. Rubbish, it's stupid. Okay, all right. Uh, Sarah goes back to the factory to apologise to Carla for everything, and Carla accepts her apology. 
and then Peter comes to the factory with his new bike. He's like, ha, look at this. Now I've won, I've won, I'll bet you owe me a leather jacket. So they go to the pub and Peter's like, yeah, we're going to, I'm going to get a sidecar so we can be like Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> no. That was funny. Like the two fat ladies. <laughs> that That's a better reference. <laughs> Stephen comes in and it's says... Only, it's a better reference because you've been watching two fat ladies recently and not Wallace and Gromit. I'm on series two now. <laughs> um, they do wonderful things with rabbit. Really? I've got all the cookbooks now. I've got like four two fat lady cookbooks. Very good. Thank you. You bought them. <laughs> How very nice of them. Was <laughs> that my Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day present for you? Yeah. Right, so Stephen comes in. I've got the contract. And Carla's like, oh, good. Um, don't mess with me for some reason. On Wednesday, Peter's like, yay, I've got, we've got a new set. So I'm going to cover it with greasy motorbike things in an homage to, uh, to Frank and... Um, thingy Barlow in the first episode. Oh yeah, Frank Getting and David. all their, their cogs out yeah. all over the, the parlour. Yeah, no, what? Their cogs out. <laughs> Get your cogs out for the lads. <laughs> so Carla's not impressed with this and Steve and Peter says, well, let's go and get my jacket. And she says, no, I can't. I'm busy. I'm doing a management reshuffle at work. And she goes off to the factory where Stephen's already there. He's bringing people... <laughs> He's brought everyone a collection of empty cups. <laughs> I know they do like to have their empty cups on Coronation Street, but like... It this, was... It was, um, it, it was paper. A, an empty paper or cardboard cup, wasn't it? They went, clock, down on the desk. It's like, there's there's nothing in that, is there? Come on. But so, I suppose you, got, you, you don't become a rich businessman by filling your cups with coffee, do you? He's like, everyone, look, you can put coffee in this. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> so... Carla calls them into, calls um, Stephen and Sarah into the office and says, right, Sarah, you're getting your old job back, doing the Rufus account, and Stephen, you are the Pam Beasley of the office. You're basically the office manager. you got to fill up the paper in the printer. You've got to make sure the biscuit tin's got biscuits in it. Very, very crucially for this week. Make lots and lots of tea. Make all the tea, please. And Steve's like, what the hell do you... What have I done to deserve this? How could you? And she and he, she says, I offered you commission and a permanent contract. Yeah, there you go. Bada bim, bada boom. And Stephen's fuming... Don't say bin. It gives me PTSD. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom, bada canal. <laughs> Stephen's fuming and he's like, right, I'm going to take you to the employment tribunal. And, sh- and she's like, nope don't think so you've been dodgy and also i don't even know if you've got a visa actually <laughs> <laughs> honestly with the way that carter has been treating Stephen recently i don't blame she him. should be murdered i don't blame I'm not, like she's got it coming not that i you know don't endorse agree with it. what what he has done of I course can't. But in, in Soapland, I kind of think that he's got a reason for this. Who's the most... I wish that I could feel bad for Carla. Like, when she's, you know, she's going off on one and tripping around and everything at the end of the week, I was just thinking, I, I have got no sympathy for you. You've been at a cow for the last few months. She had it coming. She did. She had it coming. She only had herself. What happened away. next? Sarah finds Stephen in the cafe and she's like, oh, gosh, what a bitch. She's just being a she's just being a bitch. It's just Carla all over for you. It's just a power play. Um, she won't. She, she's uh, gonna need you to be in a management role. And then for some reason she starts going on about mental health again and saying that she had psychosis. And it's like, oh, it's a matter of, just a matter of time. Any moment she could she could go, and she needs you around. I don't know what her plan was before Stephen turned up last year. <laughs> so Stephen starts voggling psychosis symptoms. 
And then back in the factory, we see that he's got this vial of LSD that he had originally found Swiped in from Rufus. Rufus's, um, Rufus's briefcase. I want to know what else is it. What else do you think was in Rufus's briefcase? Well, there briefcase? was a little packet of cocaine in there's there like, as well. There's like coke, LSD. There's probably handcuffs. There's probably Sexy. an old 60s DVD Coronation Street collection because I found those pretty addictive, yeah. Oh, no? interesting. <laughs> anyway, so in the bake room, Michael catches Sarah lying to Adam over the phone about where she is and she says to, to Michael that she he doesn't know I've got my job back. I don't want to let him know I've got... Okay, that makes total sense, Sarah. Because she doesn't want to have a baby with him. So she's like, I'll just pretend I don't have a job. <laughs> okay. Later on, Stephen makes Carla some tea and he puts some LSD in it. And she comes out of the break room. She's like, oh, every, oh, 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 we'll come over all funny. And the worker's looking at her. She looks a bit worse for wear, to be honest. And so Stephen takes everyone to the pub for drinks and crisps. And he, um, he really sneakily puts LSD right in front of everybody, but he doesn't get caught. He's really he's so sneaky. He puts it in her wine. He's being a bit brazen. He's going to get himself caught if he's not careful. So Carla's struggling and, and Peter comes in and he sees how, how bad she looks. And he says, you shouldn't be having any more of this wine. How much have you had already? And she, Carla's like, oh gosh, I don't know what's going on. Stephen's like, oh gosh, she looks like she's got psychosis again. Like, just like you were saying, how funny. Peter says, Carla, you better come home. And um, she starts getting paranoid and, and she's she's kind of terse with people and she's um, thinking that everybody's having a go at her and things. This this was the thing, her thing before, wasn't it? When she had her um, mental breakdown. Yeah, people whispering and, she think, and Yeah, she, she thought that people were having... Yeah, spying in on her and spitting yes, yes. satellites in her ears. There was and that. Stuff. Was that? Was it? Her with the scene. Yeah, in the Guinness. Where she was. Yeah, she was in the villain's alley, and yeah. she, everybody was walking past, staring at her. Yeah. So, um, the, also, she leaves, and Sarah goes to take her her wine and drink it, and um, Stephen manages to knock it over so that she doesn't get to drink it. So that was quite clever of him. Evil. So Adam comes in and sees everybody enjoying drinks together and she and Sarah have a chat and uh, he says, look, let's give it six months and then we'll try and have a baby. Stephen goes, sneaks into the factory and deletes a meeting from Carla's calendar and he also shreds some important paper paperwork too, so that to gaslight her. And then he catches up with Peter outside the factory and says, oh, I'm really worried about Carla. She's got such a short fruit fuse. <laughs> and uh, he says, no, Peter says, no, she's, she's, she's fine. She's probably a bit stressed out, but it's just a blip. But back at home, Carla's telling Peter that she feels really weird and her head feels like it weighs a ton. She feels disjointed. And he says, you've just overdone it at the factory. You need to take your foot off the gas. We don't want any more psychosis. She tells her that um, she tells him that she can see shapes, doesn't she? The last line Everything of the episode was something like, oh, I can see shapes. Oh, that one looks like Ken, which was a weird, weird. way to end it. We all know what shape Ken is, square. <laughs> uh, on Friday at work, Stephen's uh, still talking about how he's worried about, about Carla to Sarah and... Uh, and um, Sarah's like, yeah, that other storyline no, which she was in and Batman and Health was completely different to this, so she's going to be fine. Peter's got his leather jacket. He's parading around, showing off to Carla, saying, don't go to work today. And she says, no, I've got an important meeting. And then she looks at her phone. She says, oh, it, it's not there anymore. 
okay, well, I still have other important things to do. So at the factory, Stephen puts a few more drops of LSD in Carla's tea, takes it over to her and reminds her that she told him that Dick Havisham meeting was cancelled. And she's like, I don't remember saying that. Then we get some wobbly wibbly timey wimey uh, camera effects at uh, from Carla's perspective as the LSD begins to work. And then she gets a phone call from Mr. Havisham going, what the hell are you doing? Where are you? Get get to this meeting. What Carla was seeing then when she was looking at her tablet and getting the case in the wibbly wobblers was very much like what I had when I had my migraine the other day at Costa. So I'm thinking, um, I think I might have been drugged in Costa. I think you probably were. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. Um, so Mr. Yeah, Mr. Havisham, she rushes off. Carla's, Sarah's starting to worry and, and says we should we should really stop her and... Stephen says, no, we should stay here. Then we get Paul. <laughs> you enjoying this? You, you're running out of steam. I didn't. Go on. Paul is very impressed by Peter's bike outside of... Prima Donna. Prima Donna. And he's like, oh, I love bikes, me. Oh, it's really good. Oh, does it go fast? I've always loved bikes. It's, oh, it's, it's been, been my lifelong passion. dream to have always a bike. I've always wanted to have one of these. And Peter's like, you should have had a onion party then, shouldn't you? You just need a bit of ambition, you lazy layabout. <laughs> Peter says, oh, I'll let you have a go on the back. And he's like, oh, brilliant. I'll just stay here and have a go on it. Brum, brum, yay. Imagine me driving through the streets of Weatherfield without a care in the world. I can't wait to get going on this he's gonna sit here for five minutes <laughs> then um carla goes to get her car this is how long paul is sitting on the back of this bike just going brim brim yay <laughs> carla goes to see abby um because her car's been in the garage and abby says i think you're a bit you've gone a bit you're funny aren't you have you had drug are you on drugs carla's talking about she's uh, the wheels spinning around she's like are those are those tires going round and around and abby's like no they're not attached to anything you, you shouldn't be driving. I'm not going to let you take the car. And Carla's like, oh, you can't tell me what to do. This is my car. It's none of your business. Give me the keys. And Abby says, no, you're not having them. You, you, I'm not letting you take it. So Carla turns around and she sees the Underworld van. And she's managed, she manages to get, get Kurt to give her the keys. He gets, she gets behind the wheel. Stephen, Sarah and Abby all rush up to the window. It's like, no, no, Carla, you can't drive. You're crazy. And she's like, no, off I go, zooming along. She sees some traffic cones at the end of Coronation Street on Rosamond Street. She's like, oh, shiny lights, quickly dodge them, drive fast, fast. And she drives straight in to Paul. He's still sitting there going, yay, brum, brum. wish I had a helmet because this could be dangerous. Um, he gets knocked on the floor, doesn't he? Mm. He, no- he knocks his noggin. And everyone rushes to help him. He just lies there with the bike on top of him, just like Audrey did. (laughs) And Carla's like, oh no, I don't know what's happened. And Paul seems a bit okay, but Stephen's completely shell-shocked. So they take her back to the flat. And Stephen, Peter and Carla are all arguing over this meeting and what's happened and why she was driving and how she drove into Paul and what's happening. And seems like, oh, I didn't know the meeting was cancelled and trying to make her feel like she doesn't yeah, know what's he's, going he's on. Gone, yeah, because earlier on in the episode, he's the one that told her yesterday, I told you the meeting was yeah, cancelled. Exactly. Now he's saying, no, so you no, never told me. I, I yeah, so she's that. making her I swear you do that to things. me. <laughs> Stephen joins Billy and Paul in the hospital and he says, um, you need to know something about Carla. So they go to the flats to confront her because they've been told 
by Stephen that she, that she wasn't well. And Billy's like, oh, do you think you shouldn't have driven over Paul? <laughs> do you think you shouldn't have gone behind the wheel? Why did you do it? People want to help you. You shouldn't have got behind the wheel. And Peter's like, get out. I don't know what you think you're talking to her about, you horrible. Get out. So Peter and Carla have a little heart to heart. And she's like, no, I'm not psychotic. I don't feel the same as I used to. I do feel weird. I do feel disconnected. But it really doesn't feel like a repeat of my psychosis. And Peter says, look, your health comes first. Before that flaming factory, it's just a business. You need to, you need to take a back seat, quite literally. <laughs> so Carla shows up at the factory and tells Stephen, I, I'm going to take a step back from running the place. You and Sarah are in charge. And he's like, oh, great. My plan worked perfectly. And she's like, what? <laughs> yeah, through all those very convenient um, circumstances that happened this week. Like, well, Carla's uh-huh. like... You, you can you can be in charge of the factory. I'm just going to go home and just take all the money because I get paid no matter what I do anyway. That's a very good point, actually. If she's, well, if you she's own the, the company, yeah. the profits are yours, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yes. a, a lot then did happen this week, I suppose. Almost too fast. So at the beginning, we had a broken tablet. Carla in charge. No, I'm just. Sometimes I'm. I I moan about a variety of things. Sometimes I moan about not much happening, and and we're definitely in a different place now than we were at the beginning. I've said all I need to say about Peter's trade up being tragically cut short. Um, but the drugs thing, yeah, that's that's gone. Um, that's gone pretty quick. Um, what what are your kind of thoughts on? Peter, oh sorry, Stephen turning to to narcotics to to have his way with Carla. Um, That sounds ruder than it meant to be. It was all very convenient that he found out that she had a mental health um, crisis before and that uh, some of the symptoms are similar to having a bad trip on LSD. I feel sorry for Carla because she could have had a good trip, couldn't she? There's lots of different effects of LSD. Yeah, but I was looking. Up, bad I was looking into this earlier this week, and apparently, and and maybe this is the same web page that the Coronation Street people came up with. I'm uh, sure they haven't tried it themselves. They wouldn't. No, know. no. It, it says apparently, if you've got mental health problems or a history of mental health problems in your family, then taking LSD could make them worse. Mm. And um and so that's yeah very very helpful that that's what um. The kind of drugs that just managed to land themselves in Stephen's lap, but it, it was it was quite convenient because I don't know how many people usually just you know come across what? class A drugs just as part of it's their daily daily country. life, just in case uh, you know, which is exactly what you need to That's be able fine. to get one over your it's enemy. Just a safe coincidence. But um, so obviously because because of. Um, her circumstances and her predisposition and the fact that she wasn't expecting to take it, it was an incredibly frightening experience for Carla. Yeah, it just kind of... I, I was I was doing a bit of reading about LSD and um and what it's supposed to do, and yeah, because it, it's just one of the... It's proper hallucinogenic, most of it mellow you out, make you feel woozy, and apparently it kind of feeds off your imagination. Yeah. So it talks about... Um, different people experiencing different things. Depends how imaginative you are, basically. I don't think Carla's got an imagination. Do you? She's like, oh, I imagine money. That's well, she's, that's probably why it didn't affect her too badly, because I was expecting no. there to be a lot, a, a few more kind of dancing well, she elephants. she was and paranoid and anxious episodes. and freaking out. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it, it was, I don't know, I didn't know whether it was odd that nobody questioned 
Was she? I would be very. I would be very surprised that she suddenly, out of nowhere, started acting that way. Because it really did come out of nowhere, didn't it? She wasn't worried about anything. No, I mean, she. Yes, all the factory stuff had been quite. Um, Dramatic. Tr- tr- yeah, for, for her well, reason. She, 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 yeah. she, she has been saying, because we've complained about it, that she's um, been struggling with management on her own there, which is why she needed people like Jacob to hold a hand at meetings and everything. But it did go very quickly from one thing to another. But maybe that's what it's like if you've got mental health problems and they can just come out of nowhere. I don't know. But... Yes. Yeah, it just felt like things moved a little bit too fast and 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 conveniently. Um, I'm I'm and and Steve and Stephen is playing a very very dangerous game, isn't he? Like I, the other thing that I read about this is you, if you're caught with LSD, you can get like seven years imprisonment really? or something. God. So you know he's brazenly just dropping it in. What cups if you just got it for yourself? I think so. Oh, I don't really. I wouldn't. They, they don't just... I wouldn't get any of that then. No, I, I wouldn't. Uh, it's it's pretty hardcore stuff. Um, it's naughty. And well, I don't know whether he's looked into it, this, kids. but it, yeah, it, it, maybe not worth the risk. Although it worked in the end, and it, and it only took you know two two drinks was it that were spiked? Very handy that she decided after two little trips that that's it. She's taken a back seat again. I don't know. I don't know. But I I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's next for this story now because he's got pretty much everything he wants, doesn't he? Well, we, yeah, what does he want? What does he want? He, he wants to really make sure. money and he wants to have a girlfriend, but that's what everybody wants, kind of. It also <laughs> and feels... And he doesn't need to be here to do it. It also feels like the whole covering up a murder side of the storyline is being sidelined a little bit. Yeah, he's it's like not worried about whole... that at all. He's like, yeah, I've got away with that one. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not saying that I want every serial killer storyline to be a carbon copy of the rest, but it just feels to me like it's a little bit muddled about what Stephen's motivations are at the moment. Yes, is honestly. this a serial killer storyline? Is this I'm he gonna, really needs I'm gonna, I want to take over and be the boss of the factory storyline? Is least... this a bit of a romance with Jenny and Elaine? I don't really know. This is it's, it's an amalgamation between <clears throat> the John Stape story and the Richard Hillman story because Richard Hillman was always trying to make money and provide for the family, wasn't he? And a business deal just went wrong and he ended up pushing people in holes. Yeah. And John Stape was just a series of unfortunate events that ended up with lots of people just dying by accident. Yeah. Because he's an idiot. Whereas this is like, this is the two things combined because Stephen's just killing people to cover up killing people and then trying to do business deals. Mm. But it's not related. It's like he doesn't care anymore that he's killed two people. Or maybe just because he thinks he's got away with it, he's just onto his next nefarious move. But... I'm definitely feeling a bit of the Stephen overkill. I'm I'm hoping that this um, calms down a little bit. Um, um oh, I thought. But it was I, but I don't. Old. But I don't think it will. But I kind of need it to, because it's, it's. We just not need. That we just need a proper focus for him. Yeah, and I, I either need to see to have some like real serious danger and risk of him getting caught, or or I. I really quite like to see him kind of crowing and feeling all kind of smug and satisfied with himself. There's not been any ha 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 I've he got away with it. So no, he's not. He just like it's one one hurdle after the next. One thing I wanted to say about the similarity between Stephen and Richard Hillman is that um uh 
we've had Stephen um, drug Carla to make her think that she had in psychosis, <clears throat> and Richard Hillman made everyone think that Audrey was ha- had Alzheimer's disease. If yeah, you remember that was un- that was because Audrey suspected him. Yeah, of but, nefarious but you list. see how it's a kind of similar thing where yeah. they are. They are doing something similar with him. Yeah. Nobody's suspicious of Stephen yet. Maybe the storyline needs that. I don't know. Yeah, some nemesis. Yeah. He's just kind of bumbling along and nobody's really paying any attention to him at the moment. Wouldn't it be magnificent if he just if he just got away with everything? Mm. He just killed a few more people and then he just disappears cause, and no one ever, ever knows any different except for the viewers. Yeah, maybe. Why not? Maybe. Um, anything? Um, what else? Oh, there was a funny bit when... Abby comes to see Peter and tells him about the motorbike. And when Carla comes in, the, they're both in the flat, and then Carla comes oh, in yeah. and she sees Peter and Abby are there together. And she's like, what's what's going on here? And they don't tell her because um, it's it's a secret because Peter's supposed to be swapping this this bike, not buying it. So, they, so Abby covers and says, oh, Peter was trying to seduce me, but I was having none of it. Yeah, and then she just funny. walks off without explaining herself at all. And, and Peter and Carla are like, okay. I think that was that was my favourite bit of the week, actually. I thought that was... See, that's the sort of thing funny. I missed from old old Curry. I think that um, people would make more silly, sarcastic jokes like that in the old days. Rather than over-the-top silliness. Rather yeah. than, yeah, like, oh, I, I got the wrong word here. Or... Yeah. I, it was a, I wouldn't have uh, pegged Abby as being the first person to have a scene in uh, in the new flat no, set. No, that's true. But it was a very nice flat set. We talk about it more on the uh, Yes, on the if you'd like to see some week. behind-the-scenes... Um, video and, and pictures of their new flat please head yeah. to our YouTube I've seen channel. a few people um, a bit confused about where this flat is and we although we call it a new flat it's only a new flat in that it's not, been not on screen. it's not been on screen they've redecorated since the last time anyone was seen in there and even though they moved into it I don't know let's say six months ago we've not seen any of them in there at all but it's still just the one that's above streetcars isn't it yeah it's Liz's old flat mm. so so do you have any any idea about where you'd like this storyline to go next? Because it feels like it's going to go on forever. But... I feel like this is doing... This is going to spin its wheels for a little bit and we're not going to have any um, any developments for a while. I think they're going to take them off the back, back burner. I kind of hope so. I, but what I don't want is to have Carla kind of spiralling downwards again. Although, I mean, if she's if she's not being drugged... If she's not having a steady supply of LSD, mm. is she just going to kind of be fine now? Fine now, or will this has this triggered something that's now going to you know take on a mind of its own, and then it'll be back to back to more mental health Carla again? No, I don't think so. I don't think that was the point. I don't think it's a, it's um it's not supposed to be trivialising mental health. It's not supposed to be um t- making any comment whatsoever on it. It is just literally. Stephen's way of getting rid of her, and it's and it only really would have worked on Carla because anybody else would have just gone, that was bloody weird. Just not happen there. Mm. Do you think he's gonna try and kill her next if she if she comes back to work the next day and says, I don't know what came over me yesterday. What me telling you to uh, to take over the factory? That this is the sound that's like the other me. thing as well. Like to go from you, you're gonna have a permanent contract to now you're just going to be the tea boy, to now I want you in charge of the whole factory again. She's just got no... You know, she she needs to make up her mind and stick with it. Well, I don't know. So, my, my, my kind of 
thoughts on this storyline this week are just like it's okay um and i'd be happy for it to to take a back seat Um, i want to um say that i had my mri results oh and i got a letter that says that there is no problem with my brain so that's what carla needs yeah she needs a letter saying there's nothing wrong with her brain the doctor says no evidence of any problem with your brain Mm. so that is something i can have a certificate to prove <laughs> if anybody thinks there's something wrong with me. And I know some people listening think there are, but there's not officially NHS endorsed brain problem free. <laughs> See, I was um, wondering whether Carla, after the accident in the van, was going to end up going to hospital and then having having found out that she had drugs in her system. I or don't think they like would te- just test you for drugs. I guess not, but apparently it stays Can in they- your. Stays in your system for up to three days. So Can maybe they Monday's episode. Maybe they would have done. Maybe they would have been, you know, because, I mean, Abby, Abby is a drugs user and she has been around people who've been on things and she immediately recognised something was up with Carla. And you'd think that A&E doctors would have similar mm. radars and would have gone test her for everything. Yeah, she just kind of got away with it, really, didn't she? She didn't anyway. get away with it. Stephen got away with it. Yeah, he probably did. Right, let's move on to the next story because I, I I don't feel like we're it's contributing like, much to the discussion to... on this one there. With Paul getting locked on his bike, it reminded me a bit of what happened with Ali when she got blown up and stabbed. And I was like, no one was hurt, it's fine. He was like, yeah, he was back he was in... lying on the floor, shaking. Back and forth to the hospital in the case of course about half an hour, yeah. He like, never got to oh, go I'm on okay. the back of the bike either. <laughs> he was so excited. Do you think that that's going to be it for the bike now? Is this well, whole trading sequence it. just for this? She should have broken it before she bought Honestly. the bloody leather jacket. Okay, let's do the max do sentence can, story. Do you think he can swap a broken bike for a working lap tablet? Maybe he's just going to go back to the beginning and somebody's going to have... Give him an onion bargy for it. Give him an onion bargy for it, yeah. <laughs> right, right, max sentence then. So this is just Wednesday and Friday's uh, It wasn't, it was episodes. min sentence. Hmm? He did get a fairly min sentence for it, didn't he? Ten yeah. months for, for everything that he did. By me, count himself lucky. So David, the story's kind of about him at the beginning, isn't it? And he's still working himself hard about how he can get Max off. Oh, David family, is, yeah. Yeah, family doesn't seem to be supporting him. No. Gail says, right, really. oh, you know, you never know. Maybe the judge will go easy on them. I feel like we didn't see hide nor hair of Gail or Audrey in today's episode. When David went off to the court saying, oh, my family aren't supporting me. What a bunch of asses they are. There is no Gail, Audrey, Nick, Leanne, nobody. I like... This, this, guy, this child is up in court. I know. Where were they? They're all, they're, they're all going, I'm not taking sides. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They kind go- of have to take a side when it's your family. It's, it's, all, it's one thing saying, I'm not going to cough up for, the, for this mega solicitor to defend you, but to not even go along to the, to the hearing, honestly. Yeah, I know, they were really crap. That's probably why the judge gave him hardly any time. He's like, well, you know... Your mum was stabbed. Your family's crap. I mean, also, I mean, you you get um, characters thrown into the episode sometimes just to get the actor's episode count up. Like Debbie Webster, for example, was a perfect in, example of this issue. In the cafe. Was, was this? Yeah, she she was in the cafe saying, "Oh, I think we'll actually be sent down." And then she had a random scene in the second half of the episode saying, "Oh, look at my lovely haircut." And then that's Sue Devaney collecting her paycheck for the end of the uh, or for for February, and that's all she has to do. But why not just say, 
Let's stick Gail and Audrey in this. They don't even have you to don't say know anything. Why Whenever there's I'm, something... Sometimes there is reasons, I'm sure, but it, they were very notable There's always some reason. Everybody absence. who works on the show is biting their... Yeah, but uh, I mean, it, it, it was in the dialogue with David saying, oh, my family don't want to come. So it seems like it was planned. I don't know. It just felt very odd them not being It didn't there. make... It wasn't um, consistent with what they'd previously said, hmm. was it? I don't think so. Anyway, um, so David's working himself hard. Everyone's being horrible to him about his terrorist son. Well, Bernie is anyway, and and, and Debbie, like we just said. Um, Maria says that she'll go to the court with David tomorrow if he needs it. But, oh, no, Liam's got a class assembly because it's apparently (laughs) not half-term in Weatherfield. Oh, Debbie's also there to say that David should have known. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. You should have known that your son was a terrorist. Um, and in the salon later, Gary says, look, I don't know why you always seem to be taking Max's side here. She says, well, Gary says to Maria. Yeah, that's what I said. She says, Max was groomed. It's not his fault. David couldn't have watched his internet 24-7. And Gary's like, I, I don't think so. Because Gary's still, you know, he's pretty knocked off at Max, isn't he? Well, he... And, and they agree to disagree. He's not impressed because he's saying to Maria, well, we had a kid living with us. She tried to elope. found out about it because I looked on the internet. So what she was looking at. Yeah. Looking at the Gretna Green. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Audrey's talking to Mira, Maria about this at the end of the episodes. And she says, look, you go and tell David he needs to start looking after himself better. Because he, he's not he's not listening Maybe to Maybe he's me. worried, Ords, because none of his family is supporting him. Mm. So that was kind of it for, for Wednesday. And his blooming wife's down in London teaching Lily how to kick a ball against the wall. <laughs> Um, the time must be up soon. How long is it supposed to be? Six weeks? She was away. Is that? Do you think Lily knows everything yet? there is to know? She she is a genius footballer. I think she, they, she knows all the football. No, they're like having trouble with uh, understanding that the half time you swap directions right. for goal. Well, you know, she is a girl, isn't she? Offside roll. Don't know what that means. <laughs> so Friday, um, Maria um, wants David. Uh, sorry, she wishes David luck on his way to court. And, uh, and this is when he says, oh, my, the rest of my family don't care. They're not coming with me. So he goes over to see Max before the um, before the sentencing happens. And he's there sitting with his cheapy lawyer um, and, she, and uh, who's saying, well, maybe he won't get a prison sentence. He was groomed and he pled guilty after all. So maybe you know, things will look, the, the, the judge maybe will be lenient yeah. on him. And Max, Max is just determined to stay in prison, oh. isn't he? Despite the fact that he's, clearly getting bullied there, which is another kind of, here we go again with that storyline. Um, he's just like, he's being a bit virtuous, isn't he? Like, like, no, no, no. I deserve everything. Hung, drawn and quartering is too good for me, Max. I should be burned in that ball thing that they used to have in ancient Greece. Yeah. Um, so the, the, they go to the court and there's David there, spiders there, also seemingly to get his episode count up for the year because he contributes nothing. Gary and Darian are there as well. And uh, and and then we get to see... This is like... I thought that Toya's court case was pretty short, but this was even, this was even quicker, wasn't it? So the prosecutors, they're painting a pretty damning picture of, of Max's actions and, and defence. And then he pushes for the Max sentence. And then we have the defence lady come up and says, oh, Max has had such a troubled childhood. Oh, his mum was stabbed. Oh, he's... The house fell like, into a sinkhole and a... Oh, his mum was, was shot in a box. Oh, his mum yeah. was pushed down the stairs by his dad when he was a kid. And exactly. then he got pushed by down the stairs by his Be lenient, by his judge. Teacher. I beg thee. 
So it's time for his sentence. He also cut his leg the other, the other year, remember He did, that? he did, yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, he's had an so arse time, as Max. So um, the judge says, he didn't, well, any, he didn't get a date to the ball. The judge says <laughs> that Blake, the other stabby stabby boy, has said that it's definitely Max's fault. This is and just, his actions were clearly linked to Max's videos. This, is just bo- this is, just feels like bollocks to me. Like, Stop saying rude words. Say, uh, well, he made me do it. And then and, and the court just uncritically accepts that as the reason why you've done something. Yeah, but Max is is pleading guilty. He's he's kind of saying, yeah, it's well, a fair so, cop, yeah, but it was me, right, so was just, me But uh, my question is then, is that reflected in, in Blake's um, sentencing? Can Blake go, oh, he made me do it? I don't think we get to find out what do, happened to Do you know what Blake. I'm saying? It, it, Kind of, it kind of makes Blake less culpable. I think that the, the actor who plays Blake has said... Um, that, that he didn't watch a video. No, no, no. I, I, I think he said that he's not going to be in it anymore. I think he's filmed his last scenes, so he's not going to be in the prison scenes with Max. Well, they wouldn't put them together. Weird. Why would they put all the terrorists together in a little group so they can all do more terrorists? Very things? good point. You wouldn't need to make good a video. Point. You just tell him what you think. <laughs> anyway, um, so he, he he gets ten months custodial. Minus 21 days because he's already been Minus um, 21 in days because you're, you're sad. Uh, he's going to serve at least half of it. So, you know, we, we could be looking for maybe five months for Max at All the All this prison maths makes me laugh Come so around. much. They always go, right, we'll give you, give you 100 days. You were already here. So take that 42 off. Then we, if you're good, we'll divide it in half. Then if you do make me a paper mache ashtray, you can have four days off. Also, I remember you said your mum got shot. Take three days off for that. <laughs> Stepmum got shot in a box. We'll take you ten minutes off of that for that one. Gail, you, you, your grandma's a bit scatty. Okay, 30 seconds off for that. It looks like you get to go home now and I have to come and stay with you. Yeah, let's all go round your house. You can make us a cup of tea and we'll call it quits. Well, you know, you, you say that, but it was all very um, all very harrowing when Alan Bradley was let out of prison a lot earlier than... Uh, he, <laughs> did you remember he got he got found guilty, but then he'd already served his time, so he went home to terrorise Rita some more. What a what a That's how you do I can't a swear, can I? Line. What a nasty man. Yes. Um, so anyway, Gary's a bit miffed there because he was hoping that Max would get the book thrown at him, and Darian says, "Oh, he got what he deserved because you know Darian's very um, wise, very, very wise, wise man." So um, David goes to see Max before he's taken away, and he's like, "I promise I'll visit you all the time." And so Shona and Lily, when they get back, and Max, Max is like, "Don't prefer it if you didn't actually." Um, and they have a hug, and David tells him he loves him, um, and then he goes back to the back to the street, drowns his sorrows in the pub, and has a bit have a sip with Maria, who says, um, "Look, just." I know, you, I know you're feeling down because Max doesn't want to see you anymore, but um, you just got to be there for him when he comes out and it'll all be and fine. look on the bright side, you can get, uh, Max, when Max comes out, he can get a job in Timpsons. Hmm? Timpsons. Why in Timpsons? The guy who, who owns Timpsons, which is in this country a, a key cutting and like shoe repair place. Mm. They, he, he employs people that have been in prison. It's really good. It really, it really seemed like really decent oh. employers. So there you go. Bright new future for Max cutting keys for people. Well, there we go. Got that all sorted out for him. Um, but anyway, he's, he's got bullies in prison. We get to see one final scene where it's like a classroom. He has to go to school like in prison. It's like double prison. <laughs> and there's, there's two people that's the, yeah. It, They're like, oh, we don't like terrorists around here. He thought he got into prison to escape the bullies, but it turns out... That it's just as bad. I mean, I'm I'm obviously a twisted person, and this isn't real. But I'd be quite impressed if I was in prison with a terrorist. 
But you've got like Mexican chains from all the, the stabbings and the, <laughs> the drug dealers. Don't you think it's a bit unusual and kind of in- interesting? Yeah. Oh, anyone can go around nicking stuff. Being in there for terrorism is quite quite the thing. I don't need to see this story. No, I, I don't I, want to see it. I don't know whether don't we're really going care. to. I mean, the fact that they've got that little classroom set up makes me think that maybe they will show it. Well, um, listener Rebecca pointed out that Daniel has a job teaching in prison. Yeah, but I don't think it's that one. I think that that would be... Weird. A little so bit too Greenwich convenient. If it turns out that, yeah, next lesson uh, Daniel walks in and says, So class, I'm your new teacher. I, I don't think that's going to We're going to learn about what not to do with making videos mm. on YouTube. Just imagine if um, Max had monetized that video. Yeah, he, but I don't think he's got quid out of it, subscribers. Well, could. Um, you've got to work harder on it, don't you? So you Max could have done some YouTube shorts. Max had been looking up, uh, look, look, sort of facing 15 years originally, hadn't he? Do you think that was just thrown was out there as a bit of a mega cliffhanger I, for know, three weeks ago? And I've already like, said no, not really. On, on what months. I think about this as a as a crime, I feel it's. I just feel it's really nebulous. I would love to listen in on an actual court case about this to understand how they collect the evidence. But I felt the same way about the coercion storyline and about how, um, how Jeff was, you know, uh, how Yasmin got off. That this, so I just feel like crimes are just feel different <laughs> when we were a kid. It's like, did you stab him? No, I didn't. Someone saw you do it. Right, you're going to prison. Whereas now it's like, well, you made a video that somebody else watched and then they did something and said it was your fault. So mm. you're going... Wasn't um, Max's um, lawyer trying to claim that his videos weren't inciting violence when it was literally there saying, "Go around with your with your sledgehammer crush and crush these cockroaches"? Mm. Yeah, that's what that's what you get when you get a cheap lawyer in it. Um, anyway, so you know, t- today's episode did what it needed to do in terms of this storyline. They had to have him sent down. He's not going to prison um, for very long. Question, things are still tough for David. Though, um, is he still harbouring his racist views? Because previously, yeah, he was very... He, he was... It seems like he's flipped a little bit. Because previously, he was like, I, I didn't want anyone to get stabbed, but I still don't think I, uh, that I was wrong when I made those videos. I'm still, I still feel, feel as though immigrants are ruining the country and mm. British people should... And I can't help but think that being in prison, he might be surrounded with more people who feel the same way as he does than he would do on the outside of prison. Yeah, I wonder without what to stereotype. Yeah, well, I wonder what it'd be like if yeah, if I he think was, a lot of people locked up with in prison hold problematic views against minorities and women. Well, I wonder whether whether it'd be interesting if some of his um, you know if his he had a cellmate that was of an ethnic minority. And would he realise that he's all right, really? Well, he's already had Darian. You know, if he couldn't, if he couldn't see the humanity in Darian and sympathise with his plight of why he's come to the UK, mm. then he's not going to get along with anybody, is he? Because Darian's True. like the most perfect little angel boy <laughs> with the saddest backstory you can imagine. Yeah. And where's his brother? Yeah, I'm sure. I feel, I really feel as though this storyline is going to have Max in prison for a bit. He's going to be even more downtrodden and he's going to radicalise himself even more. He's going to get out. There's going to be a bigger explosive um, showdown and Darian is going to be in mortal danger. And I want Darian's brother to turn up. That'd be an interesting twist if um, his 
his spell in this uh, rehabilitation centre ends up t- churning him out even more racist than he ever was. I mean, was. I'm, I'm sure they try their best and they have good intentions, but I cannot see how it's it's impossible for that to happen. <laughs> well, I think it's just going to be a way of saying, and now the story is over and he's out and people are shunning him for a bit and then he probably saves the day somehow and then swaps everything's a, back to how it used to be. Swaps a motorbike for an Anjibaji and saves hmm. Speed Dial because they were one short for a big <laughs> order. Right, that, that's it for that story. I just wanted to put that second because I thought it was, was going to be fairly big, but, well, Max is in right. prison. What are you going to do? I'll tell you what happened with um, Paul and a bit of Sean as well. It's the gay dads again, everybody. Woo. Don't forget that Sean was supposed to be going on holiday with his lovely boyfriend, Lawrence, but because of his conniving friends Eileen and Todd he told him that he wasn't going to murder him and push him off a mountain uh, he didn't go in the end I do remember that so yeah. on Monday Sean is moping over the over the pictures of um, of Lawrence enjoying his hiking expedition and Dylan um, Dylan's there I don't know why. Sean finds Todd in speed dial. D- Dylan pinches Sean's phone because why? he's moping about his pictures and he's he's drowning his sorrows and going, oh, look at Phony. this. Here's, here's Lawrence on the internet. Oh, Lawrence, I miss you. And Dylan's like, oh, let me take your phone then. That'll solve that problem. If only Sean had a motorbike to swap to, to um, mm. Peter, he could have got an iPad to mope he over could. instead. Yeah. Sean finds Todd in speed dial at lunch and Todd says, sorry about Lawrence. And Sean says, I don't blame you. He orders a curry and he's going to come back later. And then Sean and Todd end up um, just spending the time time together at home. And, uh, and Todd says lovely. that he's definitely over Billy now. That's good, really, because Paul and Billy start getting closer together. They do. Uh, during this week. On Wednesday, Dee Dee is going off to work. So her and Paul, don't forget, live... In the flat above Dev's. Yeah, Daniel's old flat. Yeah, so they live together and, and uh, she's like, right, I'm going, me and you going out later, Paul, because I'm a fun-loving chick and you're my friend. Summer tells Paul that she's got a conditional offer from Manchester University. Hooray! And Billy invites Paul out for a drink later because they've not had a so long night out. So we get to out. keep Summer on the show. I know. Oh, how charming. <laughs> they've not had a night out together in ages. And Paul says to Dee Dee, can we switch nights? Uh, can we no? Can we go to the pub instead? And she's not impressed, but she agrees. And then when they go to the pub, Dee Dee can see that Paul is distracted, and he waves at Billy when he and Summer comes in, and Dee Dee, Dee, Dee realizes that he he's rearranged them going out so that he can see Billy in the pub, and he fancies him. So they all share a drink together, and Dee Dee heads off, leaving them together. And Todd comes in, and he's a massive gooseberry. He gives um, Summer flowers. And to one side, Billy admits to Paul that Todd has let him down when he um, shoved Mike the other week. And uh, he's mad at him. And then... Why did you look at me like that for? Because I forgot what happened. Paul, Paul's the one that shoved Mike, didn't he? Floor. He pushed him onto the steps and Todd took the rap for him. Oh, yeah. So I think, I think I'm right in saying that Billy still thinks that it was... It was... Um, Todd who did it because Billy's still saying oh yeah I can't trust Todd I'm glad that you're so honest and you would never push Mike over onto a step Paul and Paul's like ooh yeah I would never do that I kind of did it at the end of the evening so Billy's going to find that out and oh drama Paul and Dee Dee talk about what happened and Paul says that he and Billy are better off as mates and he doesn't want to 
um, go out with him and Todd's a better person than Billy realises. So on Friday, Billy is having a hangover and good job he doesn't have anything important to do, isn't it? Todd tells him it's great that he things seem to be working out between him and Paul and Billy's like, oh, I had a naughty dream about him. Oh, I think I fancy him. So Billy goes to see Paul at the the yard because don't forget, Paul is a burly builder man. And he says, I've got feelings for somebody and it's you. And Paul says, I don't, I just want to be your friend. I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be your lover. And Billy's like, oh no, and runs away. Todd finds Billy having a mope about in the pub. And then Glenda says, oh, you should go on a dating app. Then after the motorbike, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so boring. No, 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 no. After the motorbike incident, Gemma rushes to the hospital with Billy as w- and they go to see poor Paul. And they take him back to the flat and Billy says, oh, this has made me think I want to ask you again if, if there's any hope. And they start having a big old snog. It's just like watching episode three of The Last of Us. Um, <laughs> but then... I'm sure this is going to get wall-to-wall acclaim. It's going to get an uh, Emmy. Yeah. <laughs> Paul gets cold feet. He says he can't do it. And he runs off. Oh, it's a no. good job he didn't hurt his leg, isn't it? So... Yeah, so is Paul just um, pushing Billy away because he knows that he is actually a, a dastardly pusher? Does he actually fancy Billy? Probably. Who wouldn't? He's so dashing. Um, I, I can't think of any other particular reason why he's... Can you? Who? What? Oh, What's the question? Paul, Tell me the does, question again. Does Paul? Yes. Why does he not want to act out Billy's dirty dreams? <laughs> Yeah, why? Is it, no, I'm know. saying, is it because yeah, he feels why? guilty about lying to him about being the mind oh, pusher? Oh, is that really the most... That's the most Probably. boring reason, honestly. This is, boring. this is... This whole thing... No, like, I don't mind Did Corey not much. get the memo? To, was, it, was it a year ago or was it two years ago when the, the love triangle of Billy, Paul and Todd was rearing its ugly head right, for the best so, part of half a year? So my question is, can we not have Todd and Paul together? Because I did um, I did a... Um, Twitter poll. Twitter poll. And it hasn't finished yet, but at the moment, I said, who's the best close. couple? Paul and Billy, Billy and Todd, or Todd and Paul, which we haven't had before. And more people voted for that. We've got 37% for Paul and Billy and 24% for Billy and Todd. Yeah, and Todd 39% and, for Todd and Paul. Todd and Paul haven't got together before, have Todd they? and Paul, I, I don't think would so work. So maybe people are voting that just because it's just something for new. The, for the fun of it. See, Todd I, and Paul wouldn't work because I don't think they've got any chemistry at all. And they just, I don't, I think that... Todd's not smart enough for, for... I mean, Paul's not smart enough for Todd. Todd's very shallow. Billy's, Billy's very intelligent, but he he sees a sweetness and um, in in Paul that I don't think Todd cares about. I don't think Todd's, like, into... Oh, he's such a sweet soul. You know yeah, I mean? but I think that I think that they've mellowed Todd out a little bit more recently. I don't no, think well, he's I... quite as devious yeah, as he used to be, and I think he probably would settle for Paul if the storyline. There's called a difference between it. being de- being um, devious and and being so like just going for someone who's derpy. I just for the don't... best man in the world. That's what Paul is. He's a bit derpy, isn't he? Todd just seems to kind of be floating around at the moment and sort of only being good for being the second half of the the Undertaker's double act. I, I he he you know for me he's not he ne- he needs to break away from the whole setup and have a proper story that is literally nothing to do with Paul or Eileen or or Billy or or anyone like that. 
What about? He's, he's not as strong a character as he used to be. A polygamous relationship between Billy no. Paul and Todd. They're just so desperate for something to happen there, aren't they? But I, I just don't find the chemistry or the romance or the spark or the interest or anything with any of them. I think there is not very much chemistry between Billy and Paul, but there was a lot between Billy and old Todd. There was an awful lot between Billy and old Todd. I think there's still there's still a bit more. There's still some left between Billy and Billy and Todd, new Todd. If I if I had to have any combination yeah. of the two of them, if I absolutely had to, yeah. then Billy and Todd would definitely be Yeah, that's that's my winning combination. Yeah. But that's the one that got the that's... least in our poll. I know, I know, twenty four percent have voted that. Because one. I think people think they know that Todd's no good for Billy. And that that's that's true. Um but I would also, and I've said before, not say no to to Billy and Sean. You know, yeah, go, go back to exactly how it was back in the back in the day when those two were together. I need a big that could work. I need a big um, notice board and some string. This is the problem when you've out. got a certain only a small number of gay characters in the program. Well, there's a lot more than there, and the program is about relationships. Yeah, I know. there's only so many different combinations that you Lawrence. can have. It's just it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me unfortunately, um, and, and, and I, I, I got a horrible horrible feeling that this is just the very beginning of a resurgence of this whole um, this whole gay weather field washing machine. Really, what have you got a feeling of? I've got a feeling that Mike's gay. Do you think he might be? I think that's why him and Esther never had a baby because they couldn't work out how to do it. Uh, well, I think he managed to do it quite well with Ava. Uh, did manage to get a baby out of it. Okay, all right, I'll, I'll come back to you on that one. <laughs> right, let's move on. Did anyone find this story interesting? Is anyone gagging to find out what's happening in the, in the latest adventures of Paul and Billy and Todd? Seriously, it's dull, isn't I it? I want to know what Summer thinks. Speaking of boring, yeah. Zidane is up next. Oh, no, you're being um, so... Sorry, it was dumb. Cynical. I, I, it just, it, I'm going to give this week just, five out of five. I said it. No, you're not. Oh, I am. I... I'm just kind of going back on everything I said on the Street Talk Shorts. This is a dull, dull week. It wasn't. So, a t- it wasn't. It, it was. wasn't. It really was. It was So Zidane's story for this week, and Arlia as well, bloody Saint Arlia. Mrs. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I think I can, oh, I think I can make it She's into work. bloody part-time. I've been in a woman. bomb, and I've been stabbed, but yeah, I can definitely go back to, yeah, that was the thing today. Then she literally went, she get a job back on Monday or something, was it? And on by Friday's episode, they're saying, are you sure you don't want to have your birthday off, love? They're like, don't come in, we don't need you. You've, You're literally you've done worse a full than day's work. You know, I mean, we've got a woman here, Dee Dee, who literally can't, file paperwork correctly but you're more of a liability she's like what have you done so far you you helped you tried to help Stu get off and you you the way you did that was by looking at bits of paper going i don't get it and then you've come in and you've put flowers in a bucket and that's all you've done nothing to to suggest that she is a great whatever it is that she's supposed to be doing i don't even know but she's apparently very very good at it but we've not seen any of it um, and, and but you know by the time she's worked there for one day they're already sick of her like, get out. whinging on really about being stabbed us. so they're trying to get her get rid of her for her birthday anyway so um, she she gets a visit from Dee Dee on Monday Dazalia and she says I really want you to come back to work we all miss your cheery disposition and Dahlia says oh, oh mm, I've been stabbed I'm not quite ready yet and Dee Dee says look just 
Let, let's let's talk about this victim statement for the trial you've been asked to write. And <laughs> I remember watching that you made some comment about <laughs> writing a victim statement for her entire life, which is a, a lot more apt. Yeah. Oh, my boyfriend Luke was stabbed. Oh, that was so tragic. Oh, my my dad was burned in Victoria Court file. But mm. th- don't worry, I'm fine. Everybody, oh, I'm a I'll fighter. I'm Alia. Dee's like, can I? Have you got a pen there? She I doesn't. Use? She yeah. doesn't write this victim statement in the end, does she? Because I think that gets She's brought like, it's up. Too, it's in it's totally too long to list know. everything. Anyway. Um, Zidane comes in. He's he he's back now. Apparently, he went away. He, he came went back away. For Christmas. Um, he went yeah. away again. Now he's back again. I, yeah, who cares? Like, oh, yeah, exactly. Like, hello, Zidane. You've been away this for so long. This is what we this is what we've spoken about again. loads of times on Coronation Street with some characters where they they insist on telling us that they've gone and come back when we really don't care or have even noticed. Well, this whole week, and I'm kind of hoping here seem to just be a storyline building up to Zidane leaving. Yeah, I really did. don't know whether Zidane's left. And I've not seen anything bother? on social media about it. But literally, they could have just not had him come back this week and that would have saved us all a lot of bother. Are there Zidane fans? Probably are Zidane fans out there. I had been a Zidane, Zidane fan. When, when, when the Rana and Kate storyline was I know, and I felt on, really bad for him. But him. he's been a massive grump in his, in his recent stint on the show. Um... So, yeah, anyway. So, Zidane um, finds out from Yasmin that, that things aren't looking good at speed dial. And, and Yasmin's turned down the heating and everything because she's worried about the overheads. And there's only two customers booked in for lunch and everything. Oh, dear. Um, so, he's like, oh, and I need to stay here in Weatherfield to help out me nan. And then DD sees Zidane in the street. And she says, can you check on an Analia? Um, and this is when he finds out about this witness witness statement that she's More supposed like to be writing statement. that he doesn't know anything about. And and as as he heads off, he gets this mysterious phone call saying, "I know, I'm sorry, my sister's in a bad way. The restaurant's in a mess. We'll talk about it. I promise." A little bit of a little bit of a mystery going on there. Turns out it was just Mariam. Anyway, we find out on Wednesday's episode. So um, I'm Never glad mind. that they didn't string that out for any longer. So Yasmin and Zidane have fallen over themselves to look after Alia at the end of the episode and he's ignoring another phone call. And Alia gets fed up with all this fussing and says, right, I'm going back to find Didi and tell her that I want to come back to work again. I'm fine. So Wednesday rolls round and um, Alia is um, being very martyrish about, oh, no, no, don't worry. I don't need a big do for my 30th birthday. Just quiet family meal will be just fine for me, Alia. I just want to take it easy. I know, but if my family said to me, oh, do you want us to cook you a restaurant standard meal in a restaurant or at your house where you can lounge around in your pyjamas and eat it with your um, <laughs> with your tie undone so that you've got as much room as possible to expand, I'd be like, I'll have it at home. I know. Do, do you want to go to your place of work for your birthday party? Yeah. They're not offering to take her to the beast. They're not I'll like going, you. oh, we'll get you some pizzas in, are they? <laughs> So anyway, um, there's a there's a ring at the door, and it is Mariam, Zidane's ex-wife. Did they get a divorce? I can't remember. But she doesn't look happy. No, she's mad. Because it seems that um, in the interim period when Zidane's been away in London, he's told her all about watching her dad die, Hashim, the evil, the drugs launderer, on the floor of a heart attack year and a half or so ago. And um, unsurprisingly, she's not very pleased with him about this. She's Although she manages cool. to cool off pretty quickly as the week goes on. She's not cool about it, like John and his granddad. No. 
with um no no with Emma. She's like, no, I you, don't, you I don't, don't mind. You don't I didn't never like get it. away with watching my dad die actually. And he says, look, don't just uh, don't go to the police. Don't don't get Alia involved yeah. and everything. I, I don't want her knowing that you know about it. And she says, oh well, I could go to the police, but that'd be far too much drama and excitement for this storyline, and it's not <laughs> going to get Hashim back anyway. So I'm not. Um, I still fancy you, Zidane. I was saying about Maybe your, we your, can get past this. The way your hair yeah. is, has been cut with a ruler. Come back like. to London with me. Um, and Alia catches up with Zidane later and she wanted to know what Marion wanted. And he says, oh, well, you know, things have started up between us again when we were down in London, but I ended it. Um, but earlier, one thing I can definitely promise you is that she will definitely 100% never find out that we watched her dad die. Um... Alia finds Marion in the cafe later, and Marion says, I know, you watched my dad die. So... How? How? Well, it is that Anne told her, didn't he? And Alia's like, oh, sorry, oh, sorry about that, you know, I don't know what came over me. Um, I hate, I hate being the thing that's coming between you and Mar- you and Z- Zidane getting back together. And Marion says, well, Zidane's made his choice. Oh my God, this is... Zidane finds Alia in the cafe later and she's seemingly not fussed about Mariam knowing about Hashim anymore. She says, well, glad that's out in the open. Um, You should go back to London and try again with her. But he's like, no, I need to look after you. And everyone's like, no, Zidane, you really, really don't. So later on, Zidane finds that Alia's back working at Speed Dial again. He's a bit worried about her, but Yasmin says, oh, you know, this Alia's more resilient than she than she looks. Maybe she's turning a corner. And Alia's there serving away, bringing up the curries and everything. But she's she's also turns away and gives a weary smile to the side, a weary sigh, sorry, to the side to show that she really is still suffering. Zidane catches Alia at the end of the day and she says... You and Mariam are meant to be together. And he says, no, we're not. I'm staying in Weatherfield for the family's sake. You need me. And Alia says, no, grab your chance of happiness with Mariam. (sighs) Friday. Nearly there. So Zidane's broadening his horizons at the beginning of the episode by baking a cake for Alia's 30th birthday. And because she's such a trooper, she's going into work today. All is well at number six. So... Adam and Dee Dee are having a bit of a worry at work today because they don't really want Alia there. Not just because she's a massive bore, um, but there's somebody coming in called Jaden who they don't want her to see. Um, and eventually they manage to um, fob her off and tell her to go home after the shocking news that Max has only got 10 months in prison. And that what it turns out, Gemma, is that this bloke coming around has been charged with a knife crime. And clearly that's far too much stress for Alia to deal with. And so they didn't want to inflict it upon her. So, um... Well, she's useless then. She, then she goes home, she has a birthday tea, Mariam if comes everybody... round and they say, let's go to London. Yes, fine. We're back together again. Hurrah, goodbye. I am Zidane signing off. And that's the end of that. Anything to add, Gemma, there? Nope. So... The, the the plan is, I assume, for every time that there is a case related to one of Alia's many miseries in her life, that they're going to make her make herself scarce. Like no bombing um, criminals being able to be defended here. Nobody getting shot. Nobody with any fight. Like there's Alia has had so much trauma in her life that. She kind of can't avoid it if she's working at well, a no, place to I'm do thinking. with legal, like, if legal shenanigans. Yeah. 
She, her boyfriend was was murdered by a serial killer. We're just not going to have any of them come round. Yeah. There's, there's going to be... They're going to have to represent Stephen. At some point, do you reckon? Anyway, so do, do you think that is it for Zidane? I haven't seen anything to say that he's left, but I can't understand why he wouldn't have gone after this. It felt, you know... We, we've seen enough characters having of... their back of the taxi exits, and I know we didn't get exactly that, but the the, the way that the cadence of the, the episode was going and everything felt like, this really is it. Very, very pointless. And and I think if they turn around and on Monday's episode something happens to make him stay, I'll be a little bit disappointed. I just, but I just find it... I, it's one of those things where we would have moaned if it hadn't have happened, but... Like, it was just weird Mariam, like, bringing up, oh, you watched my dad die, but I'm over it now. Yeah, that reminded me a little bit of, like, when Grace came back a year ago saying, remember this dangling plot thread? And everyone was like, no, nobody really cared about it. it. Do you want to bring it up again? There are loads of other things that are more important that have been completely forgotten about. Yeah, there's lots of dangling plot threads, I'm sure. Um, This was a weird one to bring up. And to have her go from... I can't believe you watched my dad die to, oh, well, let's try again. It literally was like John and Emma, wasn't it? Saying, and I know oh, yeah, that they yeah. didn't kill him or anything, but he's like, I don't even, she's very don't even like him. Don't even like him. He was, he was a bum. Yeah. Odd to bring that head. story back again. And probably a lot of people have kind of forgotten about it by now. <laughs> I forgot Zidane was in it when he came back at Christmas. I know. I know. Well, anyway, good luck to him. Let's, um, is it just, is there one story left now? This is going to be like the shortest street talk we've done. Well, you know. For ages. The fla- the Brian Packham storyline, Gemma. Interesting. More bloody filler. No, sh- what the hell is wrong with you? It was, wasn't it? I know, but I think you're, you're not consistent with your criticisms. No, I'm not. I don't One minute you're moaning that there's, uh, uh, everyone knows, everyone knows, I don't need to Go on, that. go on. On Monday, Brian's electrics have gone, he has to move out. He lives above the salon, doesn't he? Or did he? No, 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 he lived above um, the cabin. He lives next door oh, to he Rita. Near he's, Rita. Got a, he's got a uh, conjoining door. door to Rita's flat. Conjoining? Mary says, come sleep at number 11. So he's sorting everything out to take to number 11. And then she, as she's helping him with his stuff, she finds a review he wrote for the Gazette. And she's gutted because she thinks, or she's thought all along that she was reviewed by some great expert who didn't know her on on the on thespian matters but it turned out it was just her friend trying to make her feel better about it. that was all a bit weird wasn't it Brian packing up all of his things to move out and he's just got a bag full of a box full of sombreros nodding dogs and theatre reviews like all the well it's kind of like when you get fired and you have to walk out with a plant in a box all the essentials for moving out so she has a she has a hissy fit she drops off she's wailing Brian tries to apologise to her but she's like no you can't stay with us anymore. So Amy says, I've got an idea. You can come and stay with us, Brian, because we have we need somebody to pay the rent after... Jacob? Jacob's left the yeah. show. So on Wednesday, Brian's getting his feet right under the table. He's made a bread and butter pudding and Amy's like, I can't eat it because I'm allergic. And uh, But I'll just have some nice chocolate. It's dairy-free. And he says, no, I've used that. And I also um, used bread that you were going to use to make a sandwich and I also took the money out of the jar to buy other ingredients. So he tries his best to make a good impression but immediately flubs it. 
He comes back later with the money to put in the kitty and Aaron's like, oh, your pudding's banging, Brian, brilliant. And <laughs> Amy says, I've got some friends coming around later trying to hint he should make himself scared, but he doesn't take the hint. And he's looking forward to meeting them. Um, but he's got to do a stock take. Oh, no. But when the team gather later, Brian's enchanted by their witty repartee and doesn't want to go and lets Rita start the stock take without him. And he starts trying to get down with the kids and he's just been a teacher and correcting them on grammar or something. Then he gets drunk with Aaron and falls asleep. And <laughs> Summer thinks he's homeless. Hopeless. I, I, I don't know. Summer, don't Summer's, know. Summer's laughing and Amy's... I actually thought Summer was tolerable in this scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Amy's not impressed and because uh, everyone's gone off because they were sh- they were like scared off by this dozing middle-aged man on the sofa <laughs> and she says um, we're going to have to get rid of him so I'm, uh, we're going to have to try and Mary get him goes. back with Mary so on Friday Amy gets up to find Brian's in the kitchen and he's labelled all the cupboards with like food crockery cleaning supplies he's trying to organise a rotor and she's like I'm not having a rotor in my house she goes down to the flower shop and she tries to convince Mary to take Brian back on and let him stay with her and and says he says oh he's always going on about you Mary he misses you and stuff and it seems to work because Mary meets up with Brian in the cafe and says I'm sorry I overreacted and then this was just I I was like I, I I feel like I've missed like three months worth of story to explain this, but she gives him a DNA test to trace his well, Mexican heritage. He said something heritage. about this, this about his Mexican roots or something, didn't he? When we had that sombrero. At Is the that just of like the what week? they put into Weird. to like excuse the fact that he's culturally appropriating Mexican heritage? Yeah, just the way that I culturally appropriate Manchester when I say <laughs> cattle field. <laughs> so. Um, Back at the flat later, Amy tells Brian that uh, we'll miss you when you move out. And he's like, don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. I love you guys. I wouldn't want to move out now. And I've invited Mary for tea. And Amy's like, oh, good God. How great. Um, I think this is quite fun, but it's a bit weird that she's living with her teacher and she like literally, it's also quite weird that she didn't imagine there could be any pitfalls to this relationship. She's supposed to be, she's like the smartest character on the street. Mm. Especially amongst the young ones, because she's actually knuckling down and doing her studies and stuff. Yeah, you know what Brian's like, Amy? I How can't remember whether he was her teacher or not, but well, I'm going to say it's still probably. a bit weird that, that, like, as somebody who's trying, he's kind of graduating out of education that you'd. I mean, I, I find it's lame hanging around with this guy. <laughs> I do, um, yeah. I, I, I guess Amy maybe didn't know which version of Brian that she was taking on. Was she taking <laughs> on the kind of the sensible, educated, sensitive Brian? Or was she did. taking on the buffoonish... Yeah, the witness statement Brian. Yeah, or was she Abby, taking on the buffoonish, annoying idiot Brian? And sadly, that's the one that she got. It, it was all right. It, you know, I... The stuff about that, the stuff about the bread and butter pudding, that scene, I quite enjoyed. I quite enjoyed that as well. The the the, the bit where he was labelling our cupboards and everything, I was just, I was just thinking, to it, no, you wouldn't do that. No, I don't think you'd label cupboards, but I definitely think if I lived with a bunch of grotty teens, no offence, I'd immediately make a rotor. And when we lived at when we were students, we had rotors, didn't we? We had we had a phone book, you had to write down what your phone calls. We we had a kitty for the for the groceries. I just, I, th- I think that he was being a little bit too forward. It was, it was kind of, 
I guess it was a nice twist at the end that he didn't move out, but I can't see that he's going to stay there for he's any stay there for a long time. length of time because he does have a house to move back into at yeah, some point. Yeah, it's electrics. So, so I'm kind of all for temporary let's just yeah temporary put them together and, and see what fun they can come out of it. But Pay who I'm else always was... a little bit trepidatious if anything's involving Brian and Mary is happening. Tell you who else was incredibly tolerable this week. Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, he a was new actually I he was, it was chill. I liked yeah. I liked him getting drunk and hanging out with Brian. I think he um he showed he's very amiable and uh, relaxed when Summer's not drooping from the knees down. Yeah, I know, I know. So it it, it was all right, but I I I thought it was a nice bit of um, waffle. Yeah, just that, like this. Podcast. It was what it was. Yeah, um, and that's it. Look, I think there was some there were some good scenes this week. I I liked the. I liked Rufus. He's such an ass, isn't he? With his with his lady and um and uh, the the LSD was was an interesting twist. It goes to show you that Stephen's kind of just broken through it. Makes you wonder what he's been up to, um before we've seen him return, because he he's he's obviously been up to no good for a long time because he stole all the money off of mm. Gabrielle to start with. So we can only imagine that he's actually been up to no good for for years since the last time he was on the show. I think if you think about it like that, it makes a bit more sense as he's, to why he's... Yeah, maybe Leo wasn't his first body. We don't know. He could have killed before. He's probably got a load, a whole load of other bodies bobbing around in the Venice canals. I mean, it's a very interesting um, point, isn't it? <laughs> to consider, you know, how has he got to this stage? Anyway, um, I, I like that. I liked, you know, I'm not a massive... I'm not, I'm, I didn't... Romance isn't my thing, so I don't really care what happens between Paul, Sean and... And romance top, is absolutely top, my thing if it's a couple that I care about but I couldn't care less about any of the gay dads I'd rather have no, care less about no. Zidane and Marion. I'd rather have Todd and Billy get back together and I wonder I wonder also yeah whether that's gonna stir up any feelings there um yeah I don't know I don't know why they bothered to bring Zidane back to show him show us that he's gone it's like it feels like a magician just trying to prove, you know, there's nobody in the box. Like we know, we don't care. <laughs> Throw the box in the bin. And and the Max thing, like I said, just was a, a means to an end. Really, they had to have a sentencing at some point, and they had it, and it happened the way you kind of thought it might happen. He was never going to yeah. get 15 years. He's got a decent amount. It's a bit of a um, a bit like when Faye went to prison for a bit the other year, wasn't it? Like she's just away from the show for a bit. Yeah, but is he going to be away from the show? I don't know, I don't know. I I kind of hope not, because with everything else that was happening this week, Max's were the scenes where I was like, oh, that's good, it's a Max scene. Whereas a lot of the other characters, I was like, oh, it's a Zidane scene. Oh, it's I just a really Brian think that scene. Max, Max is going to come out worse than he went in when he comes out of prison. Be He's going to be bullied by people who's gonna, who are going to pick on him. Yeah. You want him to be doubled down on his. He's gonna be like, ways. well, I'm only in here because of that stupid mm. bunch of people and Darian. I'm gonna get my revenge on him. Mm. Okay, um, right. It's time to score the week already. Then um, I think I'm gonna say, <laughs> I think I'm gonna say two cold bowls of sick out of five. Oh no! Yeah, is it like, vegan? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's got. Um, Carrots and peas floating about it and Sick everything. Sick cannot be vegan by its very nature. I was going to give this one higher. I was going, like, 
as the week was going earlier on, I was thinking maybe this is like a three or even maybe a two and a half. But just discussing it this evening has made you've me just see got, that got, Yeah, but you're grumpy and you... I'm a little bit grumpy and tired. You're tired and you had too but much work to do I've today. Ma- I've made my score. Two wow. cold bowls are sick out of five. What about you? <laughs> I'm going to give it three and a half, Carlos. Three and a half? Three and a half. Yeah, wow. to, to, I'm, I'm trying to balance out your, your misery. No, go on then. I'm going to give it three and a half Carla's frozen nips. <laughs> I can't believe she said that on a, on a family TV nips. show. I know, I know. For the watershed, I don't want to think about nipples. Um. Okay, Uh. character of the week then. I mean, Mariam's in for a shot with her getting rid of, uh, getting Zidane off our hands. But I don't think I, I don't can know. really give so, it to her. She's very pretty. I feel bad. For, I, I wanted, you know, she could have had a bit more of an interesting role, couldn't she? Nah. But yeah, just babysitting to Dan in London is all she's good for, apparently. <laughs> um, oh, so who Peter. else? Could, Peter, we hearties. Um, he was all right. Stephen and his shenanigans can't endorse drugging people. It's bad. Um, not Sarah, not um, Michael, not. Um, it's it's slim pickings this week it really really is like I really like Abby and she was in a couple of scenes this week Abby and she did have my line of the just week just for that funny line um, but then also and then she also stopped Carla from or tried to stop Carla from driving that was good of her yeah Amy Amy she's was alright Amy was alright yeah she's had nice nail, nail varnish if that I think towards anything I think I might give it to Amy, um, just because out of the other main characters and the other stories, there was either something that I found boring or um, reprehensible about them, and, <laughs> a- and Amy was fine. She was just trying to keep the peace, and I like Amy. It's so not there her fault that she's a- um, Amy Barlow's my character. Lactose of the week. intolerant. What about you? I'm gonna give it to Abby because I like her. I'm but... glad to see her back on the show. I'm. Uh, I think she was funny, and she. She was heroic. She tried to stop Carla from killing herself. She did, she did. Okay, um, well, that's it then. A very short street talk. Um, and, and there's going to be a very short cabin coming up as well. So let's, that's okay. let's move on to the... Oh, brilliant. News time. Right, it's time for the news. I'll tell you, there's not a whole lot of news. Although, Ian McLeod did do a slot on Loose Women. Correct. The other day, apparently. Not that I've watched it, because apparently it was fairly spoilerific. But I kind of, I'm really kind of interested to watch a censored version, because I can't even think when I ever saw him do an interview before. No, I don't think I've I seen have... him speak. No, um, he really likes to, you know, stay it. out of all of that, yeah. doesn't he? I mean, back when um, Kate Oates was producer, it seemed like, you know, barely a month went by when she wasn't there, you know, on the... Front and centre on Lorraine, or because she's very glamorous well, and she or had whatever, hair. saying, "Listen, don't let me tell you about how dark Coronation Street is." And I, I quite enjoyed her for that, and it felt like she was a lot more of a, a personality, a kind of a figurehead for the show. Well, that's I a mean, different style altogether. Isn't oh yeah, it? it totally is. And and literally everybody that we ever talked to involved in Coronation Street can't but sing Ian McLeod's praises. We had a lot more people saying how wonderful he is and how kind and lovely and uh, and smart he is and everything this week. But, uh, yeah, it feels like compared to some of the previous producers... It's a bit more despite, of a mystery. Yeah, despite the fact that he's been there for a whole lot longer than any of those had. You're right, he really, really does. So um, I... I with great well, you know, sadness, did not watch his interview on the. It's all very well saying, always so mysterious, always so enigmatic. It's so hard to put him down. 
I've never watched him in anything because I don't want spoilers. Well, I know, I know. Well, but he's not in much, I'd say. But right. he was he was talking about what... a storyline that's going to be um, kicking off next week, which we do know a little bit about because yes. we were privy to that information when we walked around um, on Monday. And it looks like it could mean, I think it could be a good episode next Friday. I would want to... You know, Let's not go there so because but... this isn't a spoiler No, this, this isn't, this isn't. But, but we've um, got other news to talk about. Yes, Colson exercise Smith news. It's going to be running a marathon in Stockholm in 2023, Saturday the 3rd of June. Do you know what charity he's running for? Is he running for a charity? I don't know whether he said. He's sure running he's, for the love of running. I'm sure he's running for something. But yeah, I mean, this is... When did he start doing his... Um, it was was right it right around lockdown? Yeah, it was. So he started off three he, years. He started off doing his fitness thing, and he was going to do a diary about it and stuff. And then lockdown happened, and suddenly everything kind of went ski whiffed, didn't it? So he's been had lots of challenges along his fitness journey. Yeah. But hopefully, um, it'll be he'll have a, a good experience in in his first I marathon. Just, I think it's incredible. That, I mean, he he would. I mean, he would happily say that he was very, very out of shape going into lockdown and everything. And to go from that in three years to going to literally doing a marathon, that's incredible. So really best of luck to him. Um, I do think that Saturday 3rd of June is going to be the uh, the day that the British Soap Awards are on. I'm, so go- I'm pegging that. So I him with that. his nice little uh, I'm not going to get to see him at the British Soap Awards this year, unfortunately. But yeah, you, you go and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bun you a few quid if you're doing it for charity yeah. as well. Um, speaking of charity, Gemma, how do you like that segue? Um, the other thing I found in the news this week is that um, Coronation Street have su- teamed up with the Susie Lampu Trust for the stalking um, storyline sure that's, that's going on. Um, how you say it. Lampu. I don't know. I have no. I haven't only ever seen it written down. Yeah. So this this Daisy storyline, which has been a great story, um, but it's been a little bit quiet recently. Um, this is uh, Coronation Street's latest. It's an issues story. Hope you're not finding it too exciting, because if you are, then you're a terrible person, because this actually happened to someone else. So this uh, Susie Lamplew Trust was founded in 1986 after this estate agent called Susie disappeared mysteriously, never to be seen again, um, after she went to meet a client and she never came back. And it kind of was... It, it turned out that she was maybe... There was evidence to suggest that she was targeted by a stalker. So, obviously, uh, you know... Digest about things very inappropriately all the time, but um, yeah, obviously very very terrible. But it's good that um, it's interesting that they're choosing this one to, you know, do all the charity work with because it's so far. I don't know. It's not felt like an issues story. It's not felt like a we're trying to teach you lessons story, has it? Do you think it hasn't felt like a, an obvious issue story? Yet, no. No, but um, anyway, there obviously... and obviously there's a complete difference here between what Daisy's experiencing and uh, the trust, the, the the person the trust was set up for, because this was before social media. She was at the stage and she just was doing her job, mm. and uh, you know. It, it seems as though she was murdered. Yeah, and, and I, nobody I knows what happened to her. I don't know where this story is going, but one thing that I'm taking away from this is that Coronation Street are going to give it a decent amount of airtime. It's not yes. just a little throwaway story. Yeah, and this um, is the sort of thing you know, talking about how things have changed since 1986. It's technology's just given people easier ways to stalk you. Mm. So um, Saskia Garner from this charity has said, we've given our insight from the experiences of victims we speak to every day uh, to shape the way the story has gone. It's so important programmes like Coronation Street highlight the impact of stalking. One in five women and one in ten men experience stalking. That's crazy numbers. 
Um, victims, te- she didn't say that, that's my little <laughs> extra commentary. That's crazy, man. <laughs> victims tell it's us good it's, for a, business, though. it's a crime of psychological terror. You're not safe no. in your own home, on your phone. Stalking infiltrates every aspect of a person's life. And when you see that, you know, and you hear what she said here about how it infiltrates everything, having somebody say, or oh, have you tried just not going on Twitter or whatever it just makes it seem even more yeah come on like one in a, five women a la- no it just seems like an even more laughable thing to say mm. and it's obviously a massively serious issue i'm not i'm not sure how what the definition of stalking is here um i don't know whether it's your, your classic follow down the street or whether it's well, a, no, a I mean, online stalking this is you know figures and this is what we when you think of stalking you do think of like somebody in a trench coat following you Mm. down the road but you know like I said about my experience that was probably probably comes under this remit yeah yeah but anyway I just thought it was kind of interesting to, to add in there just uh, for, for a little bit of background as you're watching the daisy well, scenes hopefully they, in, yeah, in the future hooked up with this charity yeah yeah good stuff they're, they're just they're just trying to get a bit of our Patreon money at the end of the year, though, I think, aren't they? Yeah, we'll mm. have to see how we think they did. <laughs> um, finally, of course, it wouldn't be a, a February cabin without a Dancing on Ice update. And uh, Molly's still hanging on in there, apparently. she. Um, well, I've, I was very impressed with her, actually, because I've seen this. She's done the first headbanger of 2023 Dancing on Ice series. And if, if you're not up to date in your ice skating lingo, mm-hmm. that means somebody... Well, Sylvain grabbed her by the heels and swung her around with her head just mere inches off the ice. I feel like it's a misnomer. Yeah, the, the idea is not to do that. Isn't <laughs> it? The, the idea is not to bang your head. If you if you bang your head during a head bang, you're doing it wrong. This is what's happening with me when I keep do- going on a diet and calling it my fatty quest. Mm. So I'm going wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so she uh, she ended up getting three seven and a halfs and an eight in last week's, yeah. which I think is a pretty re- a pretty decent score, although it did only put her fifth out of seven. Uh, and I think if I remember rightly from um, the week before that, she was also very close yeah, to going out as well. Yeah, see what you yeah, did yeah, there. Yeah. So um, I don't know, unless she has a, a you know, real turnaround. And we have seen that happen with, you know, the I only ever watch Coronation Street people on these things. We've seen people go from towards the bottom and then they just do that extra something that makes the judges go oh my gosh you've made huge progress this week let's give you nines or whatever or I let's just, save you so I'm kind of hoping for Molly's sake that she can hang on in there for a little bit longer Just, I just honestly find it baffling that you can take somebody who has not skated or, or didn't really know that you know wasn't very good at skating and you can like within a few weeks go right I'll grab your legs I know. And you, you, you just make sure your, your face doesn't scrape the yeah, ice yeah although to be fair if you're doing a headbanger like what do you need to do? I think you've got to have a lot of core strength. Do you reckon? Yes. <laughs> well, um, she she called away to Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish this last week. Billie Eilish. I don't Everyone's know this song. Favorite. I don't, I don't know. even know what Billie Eilish looks like. Is I'm she... sure it's... What? No, I don't. I've I... got no idea what Billie Eilish Excuse looks like. Excuse me. Excuse me, you're the person who gets offended when I say you didn't know who Brad Pitt was. And now you go around saying you... like you're... I will happily say that I don't know who Billie Eilish is. Why do you think that's better? You didn't. 
Billie Eilish isn't think... a real person. This is what I said about who's that guy that Michael I Buble. He oh, says he's a made-up celebrity. Michael Buble. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys were playing a prank on me because this guy came from nowhere, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, Michael Buble. He's been famous for years." I was like, "I've literally never heard of this bloke. How has he got a, a Christmas thing, uh, album out of just stealing other people's songs and singing them like Frank Sinatra? You all having a laugh?" I don't care. I'm happily past it. I don't know who Billie Eilish is. I've heard and he of... Just, honestly, Michael Bublé, just, it's like Justin Timberlake. It's, it's somebody drew him from memory. I don't, That's what it looks like. I don't think I know any... Um, who's that ginger bloke that everybody loves? It was in Game of Thrones. Oh, 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 oh. I don't even know what his name is. <laughs> Ed Sheeran. Yeah, that's it. Don't know any of his songs. Nope. And the only thing I know about Sam Smith... Is interesting <laughs> it's more fashion than you ever wanted to find Brits out about anybody. That's all, that's all I needed to know about <laughs> Sam Smith when I saw those pictures. I don't need to know anymore. Thank you very much. Oh, good I, try. They're not in Corrie. I'm not interested. Well, anyway. I want Sam Smith to be... I want Sam Smith appearance in Corrie, same way that um, Ed Sheeran turned up in Game of Thrones. Just a completely <laughs> like fourth wall breaking, bizarre, <laughs> totally unexpected and unasked for. If cameo. Sam Smith appears in Coronation Street, will the uh, will the the black PVC whatever you want to call that will that be part of it? Because I do, you know, you know, when people walk into the Rovers, they have to go sideways in, don't they? So that you know the Rovers shuffle. We've been we've been learning about this to go through the doors. Yeah. Well, that's the only way that Sam Smith's getting in through those double doors if uh, if they're going in for a pint. I tell you. Anyway, pint, please, Jenny. <laughs> You're right, Sam. You've been towards. Tell you what, if somebody threw their drink over Sam Smith, it'd oh. be fine. Wipe clean. It actually very thoughtful outfit. When how you think how about did this reporting on Molly Gallagher dancing on ice turn into Sam Smith cameo? Because you don't know who Billy Eilish is. No idea. Okay, um, but that, that's it. That is it for the news this week. And come on, Coronation Street people, do something newsworthy next week. Why don't you? No, Otherwise, don't. you might just give it a miss. Um, that could mean all kinds of terrible. Things. Shall Shall we finish off with a bit of feedback? No news is good news. I say. If you could well say just that. Like Trevor McDonald, he says that all the time. <laughs> That's the news. That's it. <laughs> and finally, feedback. <laughs> okay, uh, feedback time. A little bit of feedback this week. Thank, thank you for all the people that gave us the lovely, lovely feedback. By the way, on our on our trip um, up north earlier this week, we've had lots of nice comments on the on the Facebooks and the Twitter and the, and the Instagram and everything. People all liking the pictures. So thank you very much for that. And I'd like to say a big, big thank you to everybody who came along to our YouTube premiere of the video on Wednesday night, which we didn't mention yeah. earlier, did we? We tried something a little bit new this week. Um, it which was is good fun, YouTube actually. premiere, which is when you stick something up on YouTube and it starts at a particular time and everyone comes along and watches it together with you and you can't like fast forward through it or anything. And we had a little chat window going up. That was brilliant. And, and I was logged in there as Conversation Street and you were sitting next to me and telling me to type things as well, weren't yes. you? Um, thank you on the, everybody who came along to that and there was more people there than I was expected there to be as well and it certainly um, makes me think I want to do something like that again in the future. I just need to make some actual videos. Um, so last week's Coronation Street got 3.23 out of 5 on our Facebook group. I'm very interested to find out what the scores are for this week. Uh, Leah gave it 3 memes from Yasmin out of 5. Richard scored it Three Roman excavations causing havoc with bedroom skirting boards. And uh, Carolyn was my pick of the week, who uh, was quite impressed with last, coronation, last week's Coronation Street and gave it four snotty cows dressed like Rupert the Flaming Bear. 
out of five. Thank you, everybody. Thanks. Right, um, Richard is up first. I'm going to read this one out. He says, thank you for sharing details of your Manchester trip with us. How cool. Especially random enc- randomly encountering Adam Bleed. It sounds like um, uh, uh, something out of an RPG. <laughs> you having a random encounter, encounter with Adam Bleed. What do you do? battle. Attack. Hug. <laughs> Um, I think he's stalking us, to be honest. Uh, <gasps> Report him. Um, I'm sending this prior to Friday's episode, and despite Mondays and Wednesdays being steady ones from my perspective, I surprised myself by enjoying the Peter Buttering Barlow storyline, and I'm enjoying the Brian B-Dog Packham Down With The Kids one, too. Uh, B-Dog, yeah. How, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what he was doing, he was woofing, wasn't he, this week? Having grown up and first started with my curry addiction in the 1970s, I can imagine Eddie and Stan yes. doing something like the bartering. I can as well. It was very silly, but I liked it. Tell you what, Eddie Yates would have Eddie been Yates all over bartering. Yeah. And to, and I complain that the Peter one was cut short, but Eddie Yates's little schemes were usually yeah. over and yeah. done within well one done. episode, yeah. weren't they? He'd have, he'd have started off... I don't know, did oh they have gosh. onion barges back in the 70s? I'm not sure. He just started you. off with a pickled onion. And he'd have pickled, had a, pickled egg. <laughs> and he'd have ended up with a motorbike by the end of the I can imagine him. I can imagine him with his accent going, there's a lot of protein in this egg, you know. <laughs> oh, uh, Eddie Yates, I really loved him. Oh, I can write the script in my head. That's a, that is a good comparison, Richard. Yeah, good um, one. Richard continues, Brian is a very underused character, but the Generation Gap house sharing is inspired. The line, hands up, who's got an essay due in immediately, was gold. Imminently. Imminently. Thank you. Wishing you and everyone a great weekend. Yes, yeah, so we didn't mention much. that, but that was part of his, uh, his t- uh, killing the mood. Yes, talking about essays. Teachers, are you what they like. had an essay party? What's that? Well, you all write your essays together. Children like don't write Derry essays Girls. anymore. They just get that chat bot to do it for them, don't I, they? I saw. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I want to get involved with this chat. I want to get what is it? Chat GTPPT or oh, that's why. I, I want him to write all my character profiles and everything from now on, please. I, so I want don't to, spend hours on a Sunday morning doing ge- it. Yeah, I want to randomly generate because I've seen people doing hilarious. We could do a randomly generated Coronation Street script. Yes, that's what I want. I was trying to work out how to do it. I couldn't work out. I how tried do you it. Do it? You, does anybody know how to do this? I don't understand it. Do I have to no, be signed up to something? I've tried it. Well, I can't get my head around it because I'm old and we're fuddy too old. We've, we're, we're past it. We're like, robots can't replace us. Soon. Um, Gemma, what does Rebecca have to say about next week's, uh, last week's coronation? A story? bit of a bog standard week, to be honest, especially with the siege. Ryan could have got at least hurt, then he could swap war wounds with Alia. However, I did enjoy his conversation with Leanne. Why is Leanne stealing her partner's kids? First Simon with Fija, now Sam with Nick. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's just like, that's, a, that's her raison d'etre, isn't it? It's in the Battersby blood, isn't it? Stealing children. Toya, baby snatcher. Leanne, baby snatcher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, she says... Not that they're blood-related. <laughs> I, I did enjoy Sam wanting to keep questioning Damon. He's going to be a psychologist when he grows up. And yes, I think we haven't seen the last of Damon. Also, Nick was spending his time at Gail's as he was sleeping in one of the kids' rooms, Sarah said. I love Carla's speak, especially when she called out Stephen, Michael and Sarah. Although Stephen has revenge on his mind, especially with Sarah mentioning Carla's psychosis. I think he might try and exploit her to get the factory off of her. So happy as well to see Peter's bartering is back. It's so random, but I'm loving it. I'm also glad to see they finally mentioned Adam and Sarah wanting a baby. Although I'm thinking they might break up over it. Also, Rufus was so annoying. Even though I kind of shocked that Sean and Lawrence broke up, I think Lawrence did the right thing. Even though it was stupid, the thought of Lawrence pushing his wife off a mountain. <laughs> I really enjoy the silliness of it and I love Sean flouncing off. 
I love Dev and Bernie and I and love Bernie saying she would leave a game of golf for a Sunday morning in bed with Dev. I also like Dev giving Bernie Ardy's golf clubs because he apparently finished with them. I'm thinking the golf story is now finished, so if it was it was good filler for a week. Finally, speaking of filler, still liking the Roy story. Bernie was the one speaking to Dylan and I agree the scene was a little bit weird. Character of the week was Bernie and I'll give it three and a half that uh, hashtag that's how Roy rolls without the Z out of five. <laughs> Thank you. It's funny mentioning all those things that Rebecca mentioned in that summary of last week. Some of the stories that completely didn't feature in I this week. I know week's. that's what. Sometimes when we read out what happened last week, it's like that could have happened months ago. For all yeah. it, for all it ties it feels into like this week, moved on so much. Yeah. Um, and it's still, I still absolutely grasp on to my assertion that if Coronation Street has a bad week or a dull week, it doesn't mean that I'm giving up on the show because it can bounce back and be much better. It just totally goes round and round and up and down. You just never know where on this roller coaster is going to take you next, do you? It can get better. I don't think it was that bad. It can get... I think it... We... we, we, I I mean, I just... I remember saying at the end of January, oh, looks like 2023 is is looking on the up so far. So I'm not... I'm absolutely not worried at the moment. I just, yeah, didn't, didn't find it that great this week. Finally... Um, Nancy has written in to share her thoughts on last week, which include, I feel Sam went too far in asking Nick to leave home. Nick's his dad and shouldn't be bringing his presents, shouldn't be bringing him presents and as an apology. I do hope Nick and Leanne find a way back together. I think we'll see Damon come back too. The scene with Leanne and Ryan was wonderful. Yeah, Ryan's got his um his outing for the month, hasn't he? What was going on there? That felt like there was maybe a bit of Ryan development last week that's just been disappeared this I wonder week. whether um, Zidane like officially if he actually has left is is going to give Ryan and Alia a bit more space to perhaps get back together again because yeah, Alia doesn't need to, um, Ryan to confide in if she's got her brother there very true very very true um, here's my prediction says Nancy about the Stephen storyline Carla's going to get Ryan to do some digging on Stephen They'll find out all his secrets. She will contact Gabrielle and Carla will, pl- Carla will play along with Stephen's plan to get rid of her until she surprises him by setting a trap and Stephen will die. No! See, I quite like that. I'd like the idea of Carla... She, she's being a bit, you know, she's being a victim at the moment, isn't she? I'd quite like her to turn it around on him and then come out on top where she belongs. Well, she's she's been vulnerable. Yeah, she has. She has. I I don't... I'm not a huge fan of vulnerable Calder, I have to say. Um, Nancy also points out that Michael and Sarah's business reminds her of Steve and Vicky's. Remember when they did their done-to-a-t-t-shirt business in the uh, the mid-90s? Any words you like, in any order. Yeah, I know. They came up with it first, didn't they? Steve should say. Um, Michael created the designs. <laughs> he should be one calling the shots, not Sarah or Stephen. Yeah, Michael could just like say, "Screw this, I'm going off solo." And I mean, I don't want to be mean, but I, I, I can't imagine Carla being able to prove that anybody in particular came up with the ideas that he's come up with because they're so they're generic so and unique. dull <laughs> that I, I just don't think. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I don't think it would work out. He should get a T-shirt that says, I was in Coronation Street's first black family and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sell that in the gift shop. <laughs> I feel bad for Michael because, he, oh, uh, yeah, you've created the designs and no longer owns them. If Stephen and Sarah are any good at this, they would have rented out some yes. space from Carla. Why did Carla? Uh, why did Sarah speak to... Uh, 
about Carla's psychosis to Stephen too. She should mind her own business. Mind your own business, Sarah. I mean, uh, she's she's talking to her uncle. Yeah. You know, she's but she was being a bit of a gossip there. She was. I'm I'm finding I'm enjoying Sarah a little bit more and I'm feeling that she's um slowly, slowly, slowly easing herself into the role of of boss or won- owner or whatever a bit more naturally now. Yes. I'm wondering what's going on what will happen we haven't talked about this, I don't think. With Sarah and Adam having a baby, do you think they will, or do you think they? I think. I think it's probably inevitable. Just, but maybe that's just the pessimist in me. They've said six wonder, months, so I'll be a bit miffed if they if they're bonking away before uh, before the end of summer. To be honest, I can't remember how old Sarah is supposed to be. Um, Sarah is supposed to be, I believe, about thirty six, thirty five. All right, because um, the actress Tina O'Brien is. Um, yeah, she's 30, yeah, 38, yeah. 9 or something. So, um, I, I she just, just looks sickeningly young. Yeah, she does. But I'm just trying to think of a reason why any anyone would care about these two having a baby or what interesting There's, story. Like, exactly. I, will, I, I will say, this was going to be, if they do actually decide, both of them, and both want to have a baby, this is probably going to be the first planned pregnancy on Coronation Street for the last 15 years <laughs> that's actually worked. I, f- I feel a bit bad for Adam because Sarah was well up for it last year and now she's pushing him back. We've spoken, I wonder yeah. whether it's just going to be a story of him going off and, and seeking solace in the bed of another woman and fathering his own child without Sarah. That's what I'm wondering. Or- I mean... Yeah, what? Oh, no, or just the baby comes out of the woodwork or something. The baby comes. No, that's not how they're born. <laughs> but I, uh, the only reason I was talking about her age, it obviously is not going to work if Sarah's thirty six. Mm. But if you know, if we're talking about a character, say maybe in their early forties or something, it'd be quite interesting to have a story about a character that wanted to have a baby and decided too late, or you yeah. know, struggling with fertility at a later age and maybe I I mean you could have a really incredibly controversial storyline where you have a a mother who has a baby perhaps with a disability or something or maybe has um say down syndrome or something like that and has to decide yeah because you've you've got um characters that would definitely have a lot to say about well it it reminds me of uh, Gemma when she was uh had the option of um oh gosh uh, getting rid of one of the babies I mean yeah there you go see they've gone they've had dark They've had lots of dark storylines about pregnancy, but I don't think they've ever had that story no. where you've had a, a child. I'd, I'd I'd like to see her. I'd like to see Sarah Louise Sarah's tackle another really serious. She's great. Kind of heavy. She could soap do it. mag front actress kind of storyline because sad, Tina sad O'Brien look. is absolutely fantastic. It's just I think that some of the stuff that she's been landed with in the past few years hasn't really played to her strengths necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you say. I feel sorry for Adam if he if he's was sort of a thought that they were going to have a baby and now she's changed her mind. But mm. equally, I can't imagine being Sarah and feeling like I'm being coerced into yeah possibly but, like, damaging my body and like she said, she she has already had two children. Yeah, should have got in there sooner, Adam. Yeah. Um. Anyway, back to Nancy's email. She says she loves Bernie and Dev, um, and the scenes with him and Ardy were hilarious too. Um, I love the way Bernie failed the golf trials on purpose. Um, what happened to Roy once he got his phone is what happens to a lot of people. Roy's discovered that having a phone is actually quite useful. I just hope he adjusts his use of it. See, that's another storyline that's gone off a cliff this week, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it has. But Roy's Roy, poor Roy has kind of like been hit with 20 years of telephone technology all in one go. At least we 
grew, you know, lots of us. Um, you were you know, eased kids, into the, the smartphone revolution. But, you know, we, we had years of playing Snake. We did, yeah. You know, and, and being able to put it down and, and text messages that took you half an hour to write because you had to do each mm. letter as five different button presses. Whereas yeah. now he's just got everything Key all at your once. Own it's too much. It's like opening Pandora's Information box. overload. I'll tell you what, one thing, and I should, maybe should have mentioned this in the news this week, but it's not really news, but um, there was a nice picture today of Catherine Kelly and David yeah. Nielsen. They had a little meet-up today, and I don't know what the circumstances maybe were Maybe they're around, doing a play. But uh, that maybe was doing absolutely a lovely, seeing Becky and Roy back together after 10 years. I think they're years. just having a... No, well, 11 a since, drink. since Becky left. Um, I know. Nancy gave last week's episodes three Bahama Mamas out of five, and her character of the week was Carla, but with a shout-out given to Bernie, Sam and Ryan as well. Ryan! Thank you, everybody. Thank you for all your feedback. Do keep on sending that feedback in. Um, if, if we, you know, we didn't talk very much about this week's episodes, so there may well have been bits that we missed. If there are any topics that we missed or that you wanted to, to have your say about that you feel that we skimmed over a bit too much, please do email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. Don't forget to and enter that talk about them. competition. Yes, enter the competition. We talked about it at the beginning. Join up The Patreon. name of the show, not the name of the, the radio Thing. station. You can you join up weeks. at Patreon um, without winning the competition, and it's actually, I think, quite a good thing to do. Yeah, but I wouldn't probably sign up for it in the next three weeks if you're going in for the competition, to be fair. Well, that's rude. You can but if listen, you want to. The best time to sign up is at the beginning of the month. Mm. And that's just coming up. The money comes out. particularly soon. Um, mm. Leave us a review on iTunes, please. Possibly don't base it on today's episode, but I guess the one earlier this week was quite good. Um, we're on Instagram. Follow us there, please. And Twitter as well. And, We've um, got YouTube videos. We're, we're doing our yes. best. Don't forget to come online and check out our YouTube shorts about every episode. We upload them within half an hour of the show being on so you can see exactly what we think. And this way, it won't be a horrible surprise when you get to the podcast. And turns <laughs> it turns out, out that we don't really like... Yeah, but it was a bit of a twist this week, wasn't it, Vigo? Because I gave two bog standards and one bobbins and it really felt like it was more of a bobbins week for me, you know, on average. But no, I'm still enjoying doing those shorts. And we, we did Fickle try experimenting you. out with the other um, Carla and Peter flat short yes, this week, got, didn't we? Yes, we've got some... Made a little video saying, here's our favourite bits of Carla and Peter's Yes, if you flat. want to see some behind-the-scenes tidbits about Carla and Peter's new flat, please head there, and it's only, they're only a minute long, so it's not going to take a long time. No, I'm just trying to figure out whether people like things like that or not, because we, we could very easily run up a few others about Anything. many other things, but um, it all takes time. Right. We need to train Gemma up on how to do it. Right. Right. Right, right, right. That is it. Thank you, everybody, very much for listening. Sorry it was over a bit quickly today. Hope you've got something else planned for the weekend. But you know what? Two and a quarter hours for a podcast is more than you get from most. So, um... Some might say there's a reason for that. Mm? What? Because we can't edit ourselves. Don't forget, we're not going to edit ourselves because that's the death of creativity. Yes, that's my excuse. Um, that's it. And it's even before midnight that we're finishing tonight, if I can stop my waffling in the next minute and a half. So, um, Gemma, would you like to say goodbye to our lovely listeners? Goodbye. Goodness, you, at the end of this, the, the other podcast, you said that it ended on a bit of a damp squib because you were just like, oh, goodbye. So do a happy, positive, vibrant goodbye, because this is the last they're going to hear from you for another few days. Give it all your, your, your gusto, Gemma.
You're trying to drag this out to midnight. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to get you to say goodbye that you um, won't regret. All right, listen. It's Throve Tuesday on Tuesday next week. Don't forget to make sure that you have all your pancake stuff in before the weekend rush. Everyone's going to be grabbing everything. Just say goodbye in a happy way. Pancakes. Hooray! Bye! The music for this episode came from podcastthieves.com. Did I say thieves? I meant themes. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast thieves. Oh, oh, oh.